Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CEDH. I'm one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt, aka Null. Hey! Reed, aka Sick Robot. Hey yo. And Morgan, aka Spleenface. Howdy. And in this episode, we're gonna be covering Commander Legends. Yay! Yay! Yeah, <laughs> it's a doozy. Uh, so it's the we topic and the new hearing. development. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we definitely trimmed down on uh, gut check, listener questions, new developments, and stuff to kind of you know focus on the what's sure to be a long episode with our our set review. And, and also, just a refresher, yeah. we've uh, we've kind of changed for specifically this set. Um, we're doing a more full set review, whereas it's something that we've kind of been avoiding um, for previous sets but uh yeah this before we get into the that exception to the rule right now yeah there's just so much to cover that it's definitely worth a full episode yeah let's uh let's we've got some new patrons to shut out uh so yeah. first up uh big shout out to david s andrew t jacob b and matthew j you rock you guys <laughs> rock <laughs> you rock wait should we make the uh what's the the commander legends guy that makes the rocks togo you togo togo you togo i think it's i think it's togo it's too togo. Togo. yeah yeah. yeah there you go you know it's it's thematic um okay so yeah let's not <laughs> delay any further and let's get into the uh the main topic the which is stuff. uh we're, we're going to be covering we've split it into two different sections so we've and got one section covering each yeah yeah <laughs> we, we've, we've got our main section covering commanders and then we've got our second section that's just covering cards um and then each of these is kind of the same way we've done with previous uh set reviews um it's kind of organized based on cards that are interesting to talk about or that we think are going to be the most impactful um you know and and changing so our, our first category are the standouts in our out of out of the new commanders so we're going to be reading all these cards in uh podcast introduction order so that makes me going first so first up we have oh god uh how do you pronounce this rogue <laughs> rograk son of uh roga roga oh, that's right roga, roga. roger <laughs> i've heard people it's saying roger, roger. Yeah. which i believe I've... has a card actually I actually, oh, really? literally, yeah. I think what we just enacted was an alternate reality version of Hermione correcting Ron. It's not Rogar, it's Rogar. So, um, uh, Rograk, son of Rogar, is a zero-drop red legendary creature. He is a kobold warrior, uh, and he has zero power and one toughness. Uh, he also has first strike, menace, and trample, and notably partner. Um, strength is relative so like i wasn't expecting the most at least for me anyway the most impactful commander in this entire set to be a legendary kobold yeah <laughs> like just actually. Uh, okay, like I a legendary kobold of Kirky. but like i mean I, on like a comparable level for it, yeah yeah but it's just like he's like <laughs> just it's just, it's just a random zero mana vanilla creature in, with partner that just happens to be like one of the best commanders in the set. Yeah, it, it's basically just like an enchantment that has the type creature on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like. <laughs> so do we want to? No, no. Do it. What it is is literally it's just uh, Chancellor of the Forge, basically. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, just a bat. <laughs> just kind of, yeah. With a, with a, a creature. Um, that's, I mean, except that's for some benefit. stuff, but yeah. So yeah, I yeah think... And it also gives you the red color identity, which is, you know, not bad. Well, yeah, so let, let's talk about the things that... Um, <laughs> what it does. Let's, ro- ro- let's pick one. Ro- Rograk? Ro- Roger. Roger. Well, I'll call him Roger. Let's Fine, call him Rograk. Let's... I thought he was Fine. son of Roger. Whatever. <laughs> Roger the okay, second. Yeah. Roger Jr. Ro- Rograk, um, yeah. So Rograk... Um, so okay, so like let's just go over like what he adds to decks, right? Like why would you play a Cobalt of Kirkeep in your deck? He's a right? terrible Timna attacker. <laughs> so Cobalt so Cobalt of Kirkeep, <laughs> historically not great. Only I've seen they I think they've seen play in exactly one quote unquote CDH deck. Sorry, your rule. Yeah. Well it's not Zada, it's um thing. Uh Mr. Um oh, I completely forgot the name. Mr. Vampire dude. Um What? Uh Vampire Eminence Commander. Dude? Um, no, why would they play kobolds in that deck? Uh, because the deck is just skullclamp dot deck. Oh, uh, okay. I thought that was like a Razak Edgar, deck, Edgar, yeah. Edgar, Edgar, Edgar. Markov. So historically, no, they've, they've also the kobolds were. I mean, Zada is they, like a they very have seen played in Zada, too, but like, like yeah. so I think like Edgar as much has as I historically love Wedge, done I, better. I don't know if we're counting yeah. Zada as a CDH deck. Um, Ed, like oh, Edgar, Edgar is I think most people would agree better than Zada. It's like sort of fringe CDH viable or has been historically. Um, and it's basically like yes, it's a Razaketh deck, but it's also skullclamp dot deck and like only just it has seen some of the cobalt sea play so like why is it impactful in the command zone well it just gives you a body like it just constantly gives you a body that you get to have in play for free that you don't really care about losing which is a very very important combination of things for like historically decks that have not had access to like easy bodies right Sure. Uh, when I originally saw this card spoiled, I immediately thought of um, Mad Farm, where there is a bunch of slots dedicated to these cards, these zero-cost creatures, specifically so you can capitalize off of like your Calling the Weeks. My and thinking now was... That, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like now that it's in the command zone, you, you get to free up a lot of those slots if, if that's what you'd like to do. So I my some of my first thoughts were um, he's, a, he's now like the best commander for um, like polymorphing and reality scramble and all that all that jazz agree, yeah. so if you're trying to do like poly tyrant stuff there's well, so that I, um there's also the option for uh uh doing stuff in like with dockside so you can he's a cheap thing that you can get out to if you want to eldritch evolution into dockside if you're doing like some kind of thrasios thing you've got that he's also a zero drop so you can do like cloudstone curio dockside with thrasios as a partner um yeah those are some of the yeah, first things nice. i thought of so mostly it's just like the free body is actually very relevant and like i think like yeah the big the key thing that like in a, like in a general sense like why would you want to play a rograk over something is like the free body is very valuable to enable cards like calling the weak like diabolic intent like all that kind of stuff just like as a base case because like those cards are very val- valuable and very powerful and there aren't like historically in non-green strategies there aren't a whole lot of ways to enable those cards easily and consistently yeah um so I think like the like we sort of mentioned it a bit, but I think like the two like areas that we've seen Rograk decks in so far are um so Grixis slash I think there's been a bit of Mardu stuff with it. Um basically Adnaz decks with Calling the Week and stuff, um Grixis with Silas and Rograk. Uh I think the Mad Farm stuff is with 
Timber People, I think, still. are generally using Jessica, though. With yeah, the, I think that's sure. a smart as decision. A farm for sure. But yeah, like that's that's sort of like that's one area, and then the other area is obviously polymorph. Um, personally, I think that the delta between previous polymorph decks and new polymorph decks with Rograx is greater than that than the Adnons decks. But I think the Adnons decks are probably better than the polymorph decks. I think that, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, but those Although are like I, the I definitely two. like the the more strategies appeal swing enough. Someone's deciding yeah, yeah. whether or not they're going to do a an Adnaz deck and you know it's like, you know, maybe maybe just do uh do the polymorph deck and yeah. increase the meta diversity. But I do I think one so- thing about the polymorph deck too is like you actually do benefit a lot from black and the addition the initial cost of getting your file smasher your Thrasios into play is not necessarily like the weakness in the deck. So like I mean upgrading that to a zero oh. is nice, but well it's also it's also that it makes it incredibly easy to actually win with Tyrant. Yeah, that's the big a, one. Yeah. Have, yeah. Guaranteed access to a zero cost spell, right? So it's actually it's very like it's it's sort of in the same way that like I guess if we want to go on the polymorph tangent first, because I think both are worth talking about right now. Um but having done some testing with the deck, uh, I put together a list as soon as I saw Rogue because I thought that it was fairly interesting and I wanted to test it out. Um, having done testing with it, I found that like it sort of enables it in the same way that uh, uh, thing um, Urza enables polymorph strategies, where you like it just like really, really, really makes it a lot easier to actually win off of it because you just need to find any single mana positive rock and then you just get there with Rogue Rack. Um, Dude, hot, he's super hot with uh, Mox Amber. Definitely is. Yes. Uh, Rogak definitely has some <laughs> spice if we want to cover some of those before we get too deep into this. So you get like yeah, Mox Amber, you get Springleaf Drum. Um, I've been testing with Familiar's Ruse, which is the counter spell that requires you to bounce a creature to your hand. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's funny. Um, definitely got some stuff. Yeah, obviously like uh, Elder's Evolution is pretty good with it. Calling. Make a Diabolic Intent. Diabolic Intent. Um, I think like potentially you could might be able to do like some earthcraft stuff with them just to have like the extra body in play um <laughs> earthcraft uh, I, mean, if, if I, I mean i guess it's like deck. just an upgraded springleaf drum in the yeah. rug deck in some way well, yeah. but the, the problem is that like it's not really an upgraded springleaf drum because no. <laughs> presumably yeah, also, if you're playing a team deck, this is right? some it's sort like of double version. polymorph deck sure sorry like if uh, it's like, like a double uh, a I think it was, it's deck, a double springleaf drum well, I guess actually with, with it is also good in the polymorph deck because then you don't need a mana positive rock to go off. <laughs> you can just do it with Rograck and something else. Yeah, yeah, like you just need like it it reduces your mana requirements by one, so you That's have like sort of interesting actually. I might have to look into that more after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like th- he's got some spice that comes along with him, which is always good to see, right? Like you want you want new commanders to have like cards that come along with them that historically haven't seen as much play or haven't been able to be played and like now can be played because it just introduces more diversity to the decks that you see. Like rather yeah, than just seeing more that staples. The only, like, I mean, we joke about partner being the only relevant line of text on um, you know, previous commanders that are just played for colors, and, but literally, like literally. his only relevant line of text is that he's a zero drop and that he's partner. That's yeah. it. And he also has more than zero toughness. That's relevant. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's important. Um, um, so yeah. I did like actually, I did want to sort of rebut what Matt was saying though about black being important for polymorph decks because I called this. I, I was gonna C- say I was gonna play. I, I was like, called re- this. Recalled this yeah. I called this. I called this on the C- what C twenty. Or uh, that's wait, sounds right? Corset M20? M20? With, so yeah, with the stupid yeah, M- red polymorph? M20, yeah. 
I think I called this on the M20 on the, yeah, on the M20 polymorph on the M20 oh. thing set review. I said, hey, this isn't like Transmogrify isn't a good card right now. Polymorph historically isn't that great, but we do want a density of these effects for eventually when we do see a polymorph commander, and we got the polymorph commander in rug. <laughs> so, like, I yeah. do actually want to say, like, it it is surprising the number of polymorph effects that we actually have now in those colors. And I actually feel like it makes red, like, or black less mandatory for it just because it's like pretty much a single card combo with Rograk taking up like one of the mana positive card slots or like yeah, mana positive yeah. rock slots mm. where like it's actually you can run like up to like eight polymorph effects or something like that which like oh god please don't though makes it like relatively easy to find one it like, means you, you get, get to select your best ones yeah, right? yeah but like, like you get like oath which like oath is great um you get access to polymorph transmogrify uh, reality scramble and then you could also play uh like you can do like proteus staff if you want to go there and it's more tutorable you can also play um oh what's his name <laughs> uh did, did the, you say divergent we can, we can play uh, divergent, divergent right? yeah i i play divergent in my build you can play divergent you can play um uh, mr polymorph planeswalker the new one. <laughs> oh god uh, luca yeah, yeah you um, can play luca luca um like, there's actually, like, a fair number of, like, polymorph effects that you can play, and it, like, sort of helps make up for the lack of black in the deck, right? Because, like, you just get to play this density of one-card win-cons, and the rest of the deck can be, like, fairly reasonable cards. Yeah, I was thinking more in, in regards to, like, uh, not having a primary plan that is very easily disruptible. Like, I mean, like, in black, you can also have an ad nauseum plan. But that being sure. said, uh, in rug, like, you do obviously have the, uh, Dockside lines, so yeah, it's it's well, it's reasonable. Not if you're doing yeah, you can't do that with polymorph. polymorph yeah. um, oh yeah, sorry, pardon me. Yeah, I, I guess you get then at that point you get well, you get you can, you can play scepter as well, right? Is yeah, the one. you get the yeah. scepter historically layers very well with uh, tyrant, right? Like it, it's looking at having all the same yeah. prerequisites in play before you do it. So, um, well, and then also, also remember remember stuff, last episode where I said I was breeding teamer anti creature decks in <laughs> captivity. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's another one to add to the pile. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> to the catalog. Um, something we did not actually mention as well is that um, Rogak is really good at enabling Fierce Guardianship and deflecting SWAT. Not like oh, yeah. oh not, true. Not like yeah. Thrasios yeah. wasn't already really good at that. Somehow just, better than yeah. Thrasios, yeah. <laughs> um, especially for like the Grixis piles, where like Grixis historically hasn't been super great at enabling them. Like I think all the Grixis commanders that you've wanted to play have been like four mana, or like if you're in. Grixis plus like three mana for Timna. Now you just like always get it on turn one forward, which is like definitely relevant in a non zero number of situations. Everyone knows the best Grixis commander at enabling those is Ithal. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine though playing Silas Rograk and then casting Silas ever. Right? I mean, it turns on Metalcraft for mobile. <laughs> definitely does. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> The, the bar is set very low. It's so low. <laughs> also, the the funny thing about Rograk and Thrasios is that, like, it's, like, one of the only commanders, like, period, where, like, both of them, it's, like, reasonable to just get them in under Draneth before it comes down, like, very easily. Oh, my God. Because you can just, like, slam them. Like, you can slam one of them on turn one, the second one on turn two, or if you have Ben Acceleration, just slam both on turn one. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Do we have anything more to say about Rograk, son of Roga? 
off to a good start. Uh, so yeah, let's move on, I guess. Uh, the next one we have here is Jessica Thrice Reborn. Two in a red, legendary planeswalker Jessica. Jessica enters the battlefield with a loyalty counter on it for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. Uh, it enters with zero loyalty and is partner and has these abilities. Zero, choose target creature until your next turn. If you, if uh, that creature would deal combat damage to one of your opponents, it deals triple that damage to that player instead. And then minus X, Jessica Thrice Reborn deals X damage to each of up to three targets. So... Red Partner with Ishai, one-shot people, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> yep, that's the one. <laughs> Finally, a playable Jeskai commander. Oh, right? oof. Right? right. <laughs> don't, don't, don't come after me, please. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, so let's um, get back to CDH. Yeah. It, it's just a red infinite outlet. Like, yeah. And it does have a great... You, know, it, you can use it to interact by dealing damage to targets. CDH creatures are historically yeah, it's low definitely on definitely like a, a sort of a desperation outlet. But, like, but if you actually want to get out of for like, sure, yeah, yeah, especially like, with some of the cards we're going to talk about, if you want to get out of some like particularly nasty locks, then um, it can do that. Certainly can. It's kind of I think it's this would be a lot more um, interesting or maybe like problematic if it had a plus instead of just a zero and a minus um so we should yeah like it's important that that it does also gain loyalty from uh casting each time you've cast a commander from the commands on this yeah. game so if you've cast a your other partner and then you play jessica you st you can actually do a minus two um you know or you can minus one twice which is pretty pretty significant i think yeah so turn one mountain rograk Infernal Plunge, Jessica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You go Mountain Crypt, Rograk, Infernal Plunge, Rograk, Jessica. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys think are the uh, most primary partners for Jessica? So I think that it's going to go with, um, with, t with Timna. Uh, like, I think this gives the Mardu farm deck, um, like, much more... Like it, obviously a lot more than like Bruce Tarl because you, at this point you really don't need the life, um and that deck is already on like a very high density of low cost creatures anyways to enable the Timna plan. So Rograk yeah. is like, it, it's not bad, but it's not nearly as appealing as it is in something like Grixis where you historically haven't been wanting to play creatures. I want to abstract that question a bit. I think you play Jessica in cases where you don't want to play Thrasios, right? Like, you need an infinite man mana outlet in your command zone, now you have one that gives you the red-colored entity rather than uh, the, the Sultai one. Or sorry, pardon, the uh, Simic one. Yeah, I sort of agree with that. There's also some cheesy things uh, you can do with Jessica where it's not where you don't make infinite mana, but you uh cast a commander infinitely um like it's a cheesy food chain outlet um yeah. but and uh it also theoretically enables a combo with a card we will be talking about later yeah cool, cool. But, i mean aside from that yeah just more infinite mana partners which is i mean okay 
And of all the Infinite Mana Outlet partners that could have been printed, I feel like we got off easy with this one. <laughs> yeah, because it's not also a Mana Sync, which yeah. is nice. <laughs> like we, also, thank I, God I, this is a Planeswalker, right? Because if you yeah. could actually food chain use Food Chain Mana on yeah. this, then I would be... Not happy. Not happy, not Bob. Happy. Not happy. <laughs> I, also, I, I, am, I, am, I do like the uh, anti-creature aspect. I think, I think there's some cool applications for like an anti-meta Jessica deck or something. Like yeah. just to, to ping off another teamer anti-creature deck. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Let's not get to pinging off dorks quite yet. We have we've plenty of t- to talk about. All right. <laughs> so next up we got uh Malcolm. Well, so this is the last of the I think the big three that we were looking at for like big shakers, meta shakers, right? Um Yeah. Yeah. Wise, yeah. Uh so the next one we got is Malcolm Keen Eyed Navigator for two and a blue. Um, he is a Siren Pirate 2-2 with flying, and whenever one or more pirates you control deal damage to your opponents, you create a treasure token for each opponent dealt damage. Uh, it also has partner. So Shocking, all of our relevant cards have partner. <laughs> wow, who'd have guessed? Um, this, kind of a shame, but... Um, so, I mean, just to get the immediate thing out of the way, um, it is a combo with Glenhorn Buccaneer. Um, that's yeah, one that's card, the big one draw card here. combo with the commander. Yeah, yeah, one card combo with a partner commander is certainly something I don't think we've seen a lot of before, and is definitely pretty interesting. Um, definitely has some options to go along with it. Um, so obviously you need red in order to do that. So your options oh, are a bit God. limited. Yeah, thank God. if it was like there's, there's really only two yeah. things to look at, and that's uh, and that's uh, vile smasher um or tana yeah um and so the big one that people have been looking after looking at, at it it's like vile smashers the, the deck yeah so the big one with vile smasher and the reason why people are building it um i think are first of all grix is really good color combination in general nobody can really deny that um it's a one card like fairly cheap combo so first of all malcolm is also a slow mana rock on its own um, because once mm-hmm. she's whenever malcolm hits it also makes a treasure so um it's fairly reasonable to like turbo into early or like ramp into early and then it will feel later nauses and stuff um so that makes it not terrible and then also one card combos off of ad are pretty nice if you already have your malcolm in play you just like three mana attack in do the thing well i think another important aspect sorry morgan go ahead no actually i guess you don't even have to well, because oh, Buccaneer you, is haste as well, right? So you can just swing with it does, Malcolm but you need to have enough cards in your library because it's a mandatory draw uh, with Buccaneer. So sure, you one just, thing yeah. one thing that's relevant is that uh, with Buccaneer, uh, sorry, Glintorn Buccaneer, you you are going mana positive as well. Yes, um, which is which is kind of relevant, um, and it's also it layers really nicely. The one card combo layers really nicely with. Uh, like the console game plan, which is why I think the Vile Smasher deck pulls ahead of the Tana yeah. deck. I mean, because obviously so you also with Tana, get... you're getting access to creature tutors. But the whole layering with consult, if you if you consult for your Glintorn, um, most of the time, like if you if there's there's a there's some cases where you're gonna have um Glintorn's gonna be on like the bottom half of your library and you're not gonna have enough cards to actually deal enough damage to your opponents. But so long as there's if that's the case, you know, so long as you still have access to one of your consult pieces or something, then you yeah. can still win the game because you are going mana positive. So there is there it, it does layer really nicely with consult and you know, giving access to the one card consult win tutor that's kind of been 
exclusive to food chain decks yeah. is kind of uh, you also get interesting. sort of an interesting synergy where um uh curiosities are historically like a thing that you can just play in vile smasher decks fairly frequently and also curiosities combo with glenhorn buccaneer as well so you get a nice layering there where you can play curiosities in the deck um basically for free because they're both a value engine and then they can also be part of a win con if you don't have malcolm in play the one thing i was kind of thinking about that is that it, while it's true they do layer nicely with glintorn it's like it's if you've got your glintorn are you really just throwing it out to throw a curiosity on it if like you've what? got malcolm as your combo outlet well like if malcolm's been removed it's a, bit... a cheaper combo like it's what so i'm saying mean, is it's not it's bad a, it's to draw a value into. engine not really a combo right? well, it's a value engine and it also cheapens your combo turn if you don't have malcolm out yeah right like it's just just like i'm not i'm not saying that like you're going to be looking for curiosities to put on your glenhorn it's just like it's it's this thing that you can play and just slam on one of your commanders as well as also like cheapening the combo if you need to. Yeah, I wouldn't throw in I wouldn't throw in curiosities because you're going to plan on throwing them on the glint. No, 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 no. Definitely you, if you're, you're like you do it because of the, the vial, that's a good yeah. backup plan yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. It, just, it like it just layers nicely and get, and like you don't even necessarily have to play the expensive ones just but just like playing actual curiosity seems like a bit of a freebie. To me anyway. Yeah, um I don't think the 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 tamer version with uh the Tana uh provides enough of an advantage over the uh yeah especially just for the fact that really, like consulting yeah. for your one card would con is nuts <laughs> right <It's> so good. <laughs> yeah. like so good um and in terms of i think it's we we've discussed you know uh uh some grixis pairings with you know all of these uh commanders which is kind of interesting how do you guys think that uh these three stack up if you're doing grixis uh compared to our existing Grixis decks? Do you think it overthrows the... First of all, who do you think is the best Grixis commander in the meta right now? And then do you think it's overthrowing that, or where do you think it, it they fit in the hierarchy? Hmm. Well, I do think Anala is really strong. I think Anala's. I think Anala's probably the best, in my opinion. I, I think it's definitely in... kind of... definitely trending. Um... It's. I think it'd be hard if you if like we saw the best cast deck play against the best Nala deck and to come up with a conclusion. Yeah, I, was like, I don't think say. it's like necessarily certain that Nala is better than Kes because like it actually is. It depends on a lot of things like the meta game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not like a strictly better. I mean, Magic players and talking about strictly better is you know that's such a gasoline on the fire kind of thing. Yeah. But you know what if about this situation? No, it's. I it's don't, I, I think on average, Anala ends up being better. Yeah, in my opinion. So I'm not in sure. Meta. I'm not sure that I'm Actually, comfortable. Yeah, I disagree. Like, quite confidently. <laughs> All right. Really? Yeah. As a, I, I think that Kess is the best Grixis commander by like, not by a huge margin, but by a margin that's substantially larger than what I think my margin of error is on this. So I okay. So I'm yeah, Morgan, I mean, Morgan's chess. I'm I think I'm Anala, but whatever. So we've got we we know where the two the two best you know Grixis commanders are. Where do you think uh, these guys fall on like Malcolm Vile? Yeah. So how how do you think does that I go would, for the best? Is that second best? I would say that what? like I think both Rograk and Malcolm are probably better than the than Kess. 
in different ways. What? Well. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I don't know about that. I think, yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> I think I think Jessica just isn't good enough in the Grixis shell to be better than any existing Grixis commander we have. IMO. I think I agree. Um, I like think, especially because uh, Silas is not is barely a commander you want to be casting once. It's definitely not yeah. a commander you want to be casting more than once. And um, like, you don't have a commander with Jessica, like, you have, like, your desperation outlet, and then your commander that does nothing, and then... Yeah, because you actually, you actually aren't generating commander casts if you're yeah. on Silas Jessica. And I think Rograk and Malcolm, like, I, I don't think I can directly compare them just because they excel at different things. If you know what I mean? Like, I think, like... That's fair, yeah. Like, Rograk is better for just playing the faster deck. I think Rograk is actually possibly one of the like Grixis Rograk is one of the fastest decks in the format right now after a bit of tuning. Um, just because like having access to a bunch of that stuff helps. I don't think it's like, wh- like, I don't think it's like so much faster that it's unreasonable to play anything else, but him. but if you're trying to go fast, but like, I think that it's definitely like up there with fastest stuff in the format, just because the amount of stuff, like the extra acceleration that you get from playing Rograk and Grixis, like you get Amber, you get Springleaf Drum, you get, Calling, you get Infernal Plunge if you want to play it, and then you also get Diabolic Intent and like some other random stuff if you want to play it. I just feel like you get like a lot of acceleration out of just playing Rograk. And then I think Malcolm and Vile is a pretty great like mid range combo deck where you're just. I, I don't, I think calling it mid range is, is like, I think you can do things mid range, but I think that the Malcolm deck with the whole aspect of just having a one card combo, being able to consult for that, um, for that combo. And just also having an ad nauseum, like as your plan B sure. or plan just, A, sorry. depending on what you're looking at it, like, everything all comes into a confluence where I think Malcolm is also trying to go, uh, pretty I, fast, but it does have like a, a better mid rangey grind plan. So yeah. it's not yeah. as fast by, as Rograk, by mid range. I yeah. didn't mean grindy by mid range. I meant like protected combo. Like it's a lot easier to like, have counter magic at the same time for Malcolm's combos just because the card requirement is lower on the combo. Like you just don't have enough. Okay. You don't have to have like oh. as many cards in hand to win the game. So you can like but, more of those I mean, cards can be interaction. In comparison to Anala, though, I mean, aren't these two decks kind of just more vulnerable? Yeah, that's, where I, that's why I think I think they're I think they're um, probably better than Kess. Um, as Reed was saying, that's, um, I think that's my take. Morgan, yeah. you guys are deranged. I think Malcolm think is better so. than Cass. No. I, I, I think Rograk is maybe a bit iffy. I think, I think, the, Malcolm, I think the Malcolm being I think the, better a better one-card combo. I think they're better than Cass in some ways. Oh, sure. They're definitely like, better than like, Cass in some ways. Like but, I, I'm, What I was saying is like they're better than Cass in, like, in the way that like they're both very viable alternatives and probably are a bit stronger, but I don't know. I think oh. the Kess value plan is a lot stronger than the Malcolm value plan. That's correct, I'd say. Yeah, but I think that the Kess win plan is worse than the Malcolm win plan. I mean, marginally. No. I, I, don't you kind of just run into, like, the typical um, stacks pieces and re- removal spells in the Malcolm deck, and you kind of don't with Kess? Also, not being able to play Curse Totem is, is big sad. No, but you still... Yeah, you're not running Curse Totem because you're one of your combos is that, but the thing with the Malcolm deck is that it's like what is Kess? It's a ad nauseum consult deck, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Malcolm is the same thing, but it also has the one card combo. So you don't run the curse totem because you don't want to shut off your access to the one card combo. But I mean, Kess, I think to be fair, Kess on also has level, a one card like combo. Yeah, but like. the one card, the one card combo with Kess is a lot worse than the one card combo. No, it's, it's not. No, it's not. It, it, sorry, no, no, no. It's, like, it's, it's way like better. Flashback, flashback, Kess from the only thing that makes it worse is that you have to flashback have to the thing. Yeah, that's but that that's not it's not like a worse combo. In fact, it's much less man. Okay, that's uh, it's four the, mana versus the, six. Yeah, so, so I, I agree like, in terms of the con the co I was factoring in Kess being in play. Um, whereas it's it's a lot like the the Malcolm, like when you play Malcolm, right? You're you're kind of curving into that, presumably on uh, you know, you're you're playing Malcolm and then he's you know making yourself a uh a mana that you can you know start banking for either ad nauseum turns or but like for your combo turns. when so is he making it, you this mana the turn after you cast him which is what turn or uh in grixis presumably turn four or oh, sorry turn three you're casting him turn three he's making the mana on turn four so okay so you're like you're also casting Kess on turn three right like yes you can you're more likely to be able to hold up mana but like you need actual literal fast mana to cast him on turn two. And with the normal amount of acceleration, you can cast them both on turn three anyways. Yeah, I mean, I think the times when you do have that fast mana acceleration, it's definitely going to be... Sure. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I, I'm just saying it's not, like, consistently, you know, getting online that much faster than cast. Like, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think the fact that Kess... I mean, they are kind of both required for their comps. Anyway, I think we're wasting too much time on this. I, I think, roughly, it, what's important to say is that they're both... Um, Reasonable contenders. That they're, they're, they're in the discussion for, like, the most powerful... Maybe not the most powerful Grixis commanders, but, like, they're they're hovering around that and in terms of viability. Yeah, for All sure. All right, well, now that we've made all the simps angry by talking about the best Grixis commander and not mentioning this next card. <laughs> oh, or god. like the next yeah. card. <laughs> oh god. Also, it, actually, it, before, it before I do that, all I do have decks. to say you guys totally skipped out on me saying Malcolm Tana Teamer anti-creature deck. Oh, uh, no. No. <laughs> um... So, yeah, next up we have Obeka. Obeka? Brute Chronology. Oh, yeah, so, so we're, yeah, that was oh. our, our end of like the good commanders. Yeah. Now we're into now the. Now we're into the okay commanders. Yeah. Uh, Obeka, Brute Chronologist. She is a 3 4 for one, a blue, a black, and a red. I feel like I've seen that before. <laughs> She's a legendary creature and a wizard. Uh,. Hey, which ogre I've also wizard. seen before. But ogre this time wizard. she's an ogre instead of. Is it just a human? She have, is Kess a vampire? I feel like Kess is, Kess is not a vampire, anyway, I don't think. Is she no, not a no, human wizard? Just human a human wizard, okay. yeah. Uh, but instead of letting you cast spells from your graveyard and also having flying, uh, Obeka has tap the player whose turn it is may end the turn. 
So uh, there's definitely some memes here. Obviously, yeah. uh, there so are three. Open up a new tab, go to MTG stocks, and you'll see all the forbidden turn spells. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. Spiking. laughs> So there are three two-mana red extra turn spells that make you lose at the end of the turn. And uh, if you end the turn, well, you don't lose. So that's <laughs> This is true. So that's, that's a correct statement. <laughs> um... And then uh, you can also, Final Fortune specifically is an instant, which means you can put it under Scepter and then take infinite turns and not lose. Um, and there's also some cheesy stuff you can do on other people's turns, mostly countering people's... Uh, Ad nauses. No, I was, I don't think people, like, I was more thinking, um, like, flash hate bears. Oh, sure. Like, if someone casts, uh, like, a wheel and someone plays Notion Thief... You can tap Obeka and be like, okay, well, get both either, of those out of here. <laughs> yeah, either we can not have the wheel and not have the notion thief, or we can have the wheel and the notion thief. And presumably the wheel player will choose to not get notion wheeled. Yeah, you can also do stuff general like, rule. in general, like Obeka sort of invalidates instant speed win cons, <laughs> which is yes. in play. So, like, Adnazes never resolve on other people's turns. Um, you're actually sort of sad playing against this as Brawls because you can't do any of your instant speed shenanigans. Um, Anala, I suppose, as well. Yeah, Anala. And people, people who care about such unimportant things as, as art and characters and story and whatever also seem to really like this card. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, well, I think one thing that's great about this set overall is that there's a lot of commanders that can fill either like the tier i mean you know not getting into the did you say the, the details like tier lifts yeah. did you say <laughs> the, tier, tier 1.5 through tier 2 and that are like like viable commanders that you know appeal to people because they're doing something unique or because they like the character i think you know a lot of people people tend to be like oh you know siege players only ever play thrasius and dimna because that's the best deck or whatever like that's clearly not the case people like to play commanders they enjoy and do something unique so i think this set added a bunch of cards like that so hopefully uh, yeah 100%. hopefully we get to see more meta diversity and obeka is definitely kind of one of those one of those cards for sure I, doing something unique and yeah cool. it also does like a unique enough thing that like it's i, I feel like it's not going to be boring to see obeka over time yeah and yeah i mean like, it, it's i'm saying the same thing again but like a strong enough unique thing where it's actually worth thinking about um Investing it's in because like it, extra turns aren't necessarily like taking infinite turns is obviously great, but you don't necessarily have to end your next turn to benefit from taking an extra turn. Yeah, you can. You it, can it actually just it definitely makes yeah. Adnazes like incredibly easy because all you have to do is cast a double red spell, and then and then you have access like, to a, a full yeah. turn and then, SG, and then win on your next turn, yeah. and then like you're not just running a final fortune in your deck that does like nothing most of the time you draw it because you have your commander so like it's a much less painful <laughs> it's like a card you want to be running rather than one that you run just for post nas cool cool yep uh next up we have Krark the thumbless uh Krark is a 2-2 goblin wizard that casts for one and a red uh, he reads when you cast an instant or sorcery spell, flip a coin. If you lose the flip, return that spell to its owner's hand. If you win the flip, copy that spell, and you may choose new targets for the copy. And he has partner. 
This, uh, this one is much worse with Final Fantasy. <laughs> much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We actually finally have a deck where you can play Krark's Thumb and it isn't a meme. <laughs> I mean, the deck is a meme, but the playing of Krark's Thumb isn't a meme. <laughs> What? Yeah, probably the Ocon. best thing you can do in the deck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say, man. What are you talking about? Um, so, yeah, that's yeah, fair. For real, I, I don't know if anybody has anything to talk about the card itself, but from what I've seen, there's like two directions that people have been looking at taking Kark in. Um, I think both in Grixis. I think like you're only really doing things in Grixis with Kark because that's storm colors and that's sort of what you're doing anyway. But um, I think the two directions that I've seen for this are one of them is you're basically just using him as a mini Kess sometimes on your consult turn where the idea is that you play Kark and then you just cast consult until you get a doubled consult <laughs> and then you win. Which I mean Which is, is like not terrible. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, like it even but on then, but don't you have to flash in your oh, no, 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 just on yeah. so on average, like you just have to pay like what, like two mana? Which is the same amount that you'd be paying for Cass and Cass, sure. I mean, it's two mana, but it's like skewed. Like it's skewed high, yes, but <laughs> no, no, no. It's skewed low. Is it's it? skewed low because a part of that is like, oh yeah, so the, I, the time you lose a thousand coin flips in a row. Yeah, I guess the expected is like a bit low too, right? I should know this. No, the expected is two. Is it but okay? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, but it's, that includes yeah. the losing yes, ten coin the flips infinite in a row. Everything after that. So like that's yeah. that's sort of interesting where like you're you're not casting Kark at all until you're ready to consult and then like you just use him as a cast doubler, so you like have these two one card one cons in your deck, which is sort of neat, right? Um and then the other one, which is way more meme and way more fun, is you basically just use him to fish for the tails on him during a storm turn with like Mind's Desire, <laughs> just to get your Mind's Desire back continuously. <laughs> so I mean, you, you, I mean, and there's also like synergies. Yeah, other synergies yeah, yeah, yeah. To there's definitely yeah, like it's it's Pierce guardianship, deflecting yeah. SWAT. Yeah, the, those uh, two in particular, like you basically because they're Maybe free, you can keep casting them until you get two of them. Um, that doesn't mean that they're double counter spells because you can just counter it with the trigger on the stack. If someone responds to the trigger, it's still a fifty percent chance that it's a double counter spell though, because even if it's countered, you still get the copy. Sure. So. It's half the time it's a double counter spell, yeah. which is still good. And they like they have to interact with it before they know it's a double counter spell. Yeah. So like they You you can also like, Yeah, you can also play um if you're in the storm version, obviously if you're playing Monster, you're probably you're probably Yeah, well I guess whatever. You can also do things with like Submerge. Submerge is really good with Kark. Also, losing the flip on Flusterstorm yeah. is really good. Yeah, it's great. And, uh, and, and I mean, even also <laughs> yeah. going for the flip on something like a Dark Ritual or Cabal Ritual, like you know, if you if you if your Dark Ritual doesn't resolve the first time you cast it again, you know, maybe you get the the copy. Like you're still Up you're still winning that, yeah. pretty pretty big off of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your average case is is better. I think than, it, uh, that also sort of goes 100%. along with you only like any ritual. Assuming you actually no. have well, the I mean, startup. Except like the copy rituals or yeah. something, right? Like if you're calling the week or something. Sorry, yeah, sacrifice yeah. rituals where, where there's this thing where you have to pay a substantial I mean, cost that being said, that is like a pretty great desperation play, though. Of just like, yeah, 50% of the time I'm going to cast this color that we can get eight mana. <laughs> but like, yeah, with, with Dark Ritual, assuming you actually have the startup mana, even if you, like, if you lose the first two flips and only win on the third, you're still up mana overall. Yeah. Obviously, like, that's not 
ideal because yeah. you need to have the black mana and you need to like not be tapping yourself out of colors that aren't black but mm. still like if you're I trying mean, to cast ad nauseum you know that's like you can you can dump three black mana into it and it's still better than just a regular dark ritual one of the things i also think that's important to mention about um quark is that his is counter like his ability if you're, do, you're doing something with like swat or fierce guardianship or something it's not the nature of the of doubling the counter spell is not really good for uh defending like a proactive play so if you're casting an ad nauseum and then someone's like you know counter counter spell on your ad nauseum and you know you're just trying to fierce guardianship that like the double counter spell isn't necessarily the best thing um because you know people can just always try and counter your ad nauseum i mean also if you're if you're you casting Agnos with Kark and play, there's a 50% chance you just get absolutely <laughs> wrecked. <laughs> but there's a, there is a 50% chance that now there's two Agnoses that they have to counter. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's like a bunch of weird things to consider with Kark, but uh, definitely definitely some interesting stuff. Oh, also, stuff. sorry, Deadly Rollick is For great sure. with Kark. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Also great with Rograk. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much yeah, pretty much any free yeah. truly free spell is gonna be good with Kark. Um even even Pact of Negation, like yeah. assuming On they're both targeting the same trying to win, yeah. Assuming they're both targeting the same spell, you're only ever gonna have to pay for one, but they still have to counter them both if they don't want one of them to resolve, which is nice. But as as we mentioned, if you are trying to resolve an ad nauseum, you do have to make sure that it doesn't yep. get bounced back to your hand. You know, maybe you're just doing like an end step ad nauseum, and then you're just like, well, if it gets bounced back, then I go for it again in my main phase. Like, That's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on? Guess we shall. Seems like it. Um, yeah. Next one we got here is Nadier, Agent of the Duskinal. Uh, anyone want to correct my pronunciation? I don't think so, Nadir? but I, I do want to say, though, Nadir? before we actually read this, that concluded our reading of the Grixis block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, are you saying you're not going to build this guy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got a, another partner. Surprise. Uh, legendary creature, elf warrior uh, for five and a black. 3-3. Three, three. Uh, whenever a token you control leaves the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on this. Uh, when this leaves the battlefield, create a number of 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature tokens equal to its power. So Finally, the elf tribal CDH commander we needed, right? I've been saying the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and by elf tribal, we mean combos with food chain? <laughs> Josh yeah. is my favorite elf deck. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so in case people didn't know, because uh, I know there was some confusion I actually saw when people didn't realize, like on Twitter, that this combos with Food Chain. Um, so I, I think it's Nadir. I'll say Nadir. Um, it Nadir makes um, uh, 3N uh, tokens every time it, you know, your your cat for every time you're casting it, where N is like the number of times you've cast it. Because um, you're going to uh, cast it, you're going to exile it to Food Chain, it's going to make three tokens. Um, and uh, to make the the kind of math easier it's really 
it's making minus one because the first time you're going to be uh, exiling one of those tokens to recast Nadir. But to, to make things easier, you're casting Nadir again. Then you're exiling the three tokens, uh, getting you know three counters on Nadir. And then when you exile again, now you're making six. So you're paying for actually much above tax every time. Um, unlike Prosh, so this actually you are you are uh, you are going well. Prosh also makes a tax. lot more than the tax, right? Does he? Does he? I'm pretty sure he's only makes an additional one for each time you've cast him. No, because right? no. no, because he he makes mana equal to the mana you spent to cast him this time plus seven. Yeah, and then costs two more, so it's it's plus five oh, okay, every. Yeah, yeah. like Nadir, Nadir starts to snowball harder, where each time you start making more than you made before, rather than like a flat increase. But mm, yeah, um, which I guess means Nadir could potentially be like a damping sphere wait but yeah i guess i uh, don't think so because nadir nadir goes up with 3n and uh tax goes up with 2n right so damping sphere oh i guess you tie that, damping yeah. sphere um so so the like the one thing that that i think is important to say that makes this worse than prosh is that um Prosh, like, so, you know, the normal food chain combo is a cast from exile creature, and then food chain, and then a commander that's an outlet. Prosh works a little bit differently, where Prosh takes the place of your uh, cast from exile creature, and then you need an outlet, um, which has historically has been, like, Blood Artist. Um, Nadir, because Prosh can sack the kobolds, that enables a lot of outlets that Nadir, unfortunately, does not have access to like blood artist so you are like reaching a little bit deeper on uh on the cards that you're running as outlets if you want to stay in creatures you have to play some of the ones that are like whenever a creature enters um, yeah, that's drain which are for. like not as good um or if you're okay branching into non-creatures then something like a phyrexian altar or like earthcraft uh yeah impact uh, tremors and notably, yeah, notably, those are actually outlets in this case because, well, it depends on what partner you pick, but it's... The correct the, answer the is most promising. <laughs> the most promising partner is Thrasios, yeah. So it's kind of an interesting um, duo where you've got uh, Ukima and Kazur as, like, the outlet in the command zone, um, and then you've got the Nadir and Thrasios as the, uh, you know, cast from exile, you know, infinite mana creature yeah. thing in the uh, command zone, yeah. except, you know... One instance, you, you're uh, you know even getting up to Nadir can be a bit of a pain, and you know requires deck building concessions your, in terms of including outlets. Your exile tutors but then aren't you do one have card a better, combos. A either. better grind plan. <laughs> your exile combos aren't one card combo. Your exile tutors yeah, aren't yeah, one card combos. Demonic consultations a lot less good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the point I, w- I wanted to make. Where um, with Ukima, like you're a very your consult is extremely strong because you're both getting your food chain and probably getting your sack. Uh, your cast from your, exile. Uh, your, your cast from exile. Uh, which, in my mind, is a lot stronger than having the cast from exile on your command zone. Yeah. Um, strictly because I think the best food chain decks have always been the fast builds. But, and there's but nothing that, faster like, than I, that's because they've had to have been. That's because yeah, none I, of the food chain yeah. commanders are like a reasonable... Grind value plan. game yeah. plan so you just have to build them to to be to be like sort of all in i'm not saying this will be better but like i think that this is an unexplored area of food chain i'm with morgan yeah. on this one i think that 
every time I've I've seen a, a food chain commander, right? It's they're they've got lots of vulnerable vulnerability to stacks pieces, um, and so if they can't get off their very early win, then you know they're kind of sol for the rest of the game, right? There's nothing that they can, or there's not much that they can do. Whereas I think the having access to Thrasios is pretty significant. Like yeah. you can intentionally build into that and have something to do um, while you're trying to wait and assemble your food chain. Also, I guess I'm thinking kind of about like Corvold a bit, but there's a, I mean, a pretty big difference between yeah. the value you get out of a Corvold and value you get out well, of Thrasios. And also the deck building yeah. concessions of like playing food chain and Corvold, where like food chain isn't really a hard one in Corvold, and there's like some other weird stuff going on there. Um, also, it's, it's a similar like, even case. Even if you don't have the win on the turn, you still can assemble infinite. <laughs> you could still assemble infinite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, assembling infinite creatures. one one tokens is not like bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. As like a floor. Um, like if you just have a handful of counter magic and you're doing like uh, that, you've assembled over turns of of Thrasios, right? Like just assembling that, and if you can protect that board, yeah. that's that's also. That's I'm not sure if we good. had made this point yet, but like I I think I'm pretty much always going to play Nadir over. Uh, Prosh, like if if you're going to play Jun Food Chain, I think Nadir plus Tana is just the correct choice, just because it's way easier to get up to Nadir because Tana bridges well, that gap. Well, except except that you are like your choice of outlet is, is yeah, it's restricted. But like I'm sure, like as long as you have like the one tutorable outlet, I feel like that's enough. Well, no, because like I'm pretty sure historically Prosh has somewhat relied on density on those outlets. Uh, there's, I think, I think they've. There's a few that they've kind of drawn the line up being like they, they don't have to, but obviously having worse outlets is, yeah, is definitely a, like, a drawback. Like getting, there's smothering abomination, like the Eldrazi that draws when you sacrifice stuff, and like there it, you do get access to a bunch of stuff that you just can't, yeah, in, in Nadir Tana. But like it's just there's like also Nadir Tana, like six mana is not an inconsequential amount to get up to in food chain. Like for like for getting to your Castor Maxile creature, and just like having a bridge for that gap is like super valuable. In my opinion, the other like, yeah, funny thing is, I mean, I guess this was also true of Prosh and Jund, but in in Sultai is that um, it's very very funny to have a deer in play and then cast Eldritch Evolution and, and find a Razaketh and also put three <laughs> one ones in the play. Is correct, <laughs> yeah, that does happen uh, to kind of yeah. just win. <laughs> I was gonna say another kind of meme play is to just play an Earthcraft and then turn your. Uh, your your food chain mana into just regular mana. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what. That's, yeah, yeah. There's you you get access to some non terrible outlets like food chain food food chain as sorry not food chain earthcraft as your um outlet card is it it's definitely has better generic utility than uh, blood artist or something. So for sure, yeah, pretty cool. You can also just play a uh, shaper savant classic favorite um, hydroid crisis as an outlet in. The bug <laughs> version, <laughs> but we could not do that. rip rip yeah, Niv, yeah. By the way, um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think we're moving on here, unless anybody else has anything else to say. Yeah. So next up, we got <laughs> still. So we're done with the Grixis train, but we're still sticking with the blue black train <laughs> here a bit. Um, we have Arami of the Dead Tide, uh, who is a one blue and a black for a Merfolk Wizard legendary creature one four. It has a lot of text, which I'm going to read. Um, tap, exile cards from your graveyard equal to the number of opponents you have as a cost. 
Target creature card in your graveyard gains Encore until end of turn. The Encore cost is equal to its mana cost, and Encore is a new mechanic where it exiles the creature card from your graveyard, pays its mana cost, and then for each opponent you make a token copy with haste, and then they exile at the beginning of the next, or sacrifice at the beginning of the next end step. And then you can also only do it as a sorcery, which sucks, but is <laughs> reasonable for balance considerations. I think fair. Um, yeah. I, I think any commander in blue black where, where you're looking at consult where it has an effect like this you've got to if it's cheap you you kind of have to you have, yeah you have so to what we're talking it. about in pre-show is like yeah. rami's like so like there are a lot of blue black commanders that see play just because they're infinite mana outlets and no other reason and also there's some that see play because they're like reasonably effective at doing something at like a lowish mana cost so like whenever you see like a lowish mana cost blue black commander that actually has a reasonable effect like you sort of have to consider it and look at the strengths yeah so certainly the obvious thing to do here is is spell seeker uh probably like spell seeker well one some of the stuff we were talking about um was is like you're you're either doing like spell seeker into like uh entomb reanimate maybe for like razaketh because that's obviously great with the uh with tokens spell seekers yeah yeah, um, and you can find Pact of Negation as like a counter spell to protect your combo, or you could find like a Dark Ritual if you needed to. Well, you get can the also mana find a Calling because you can Calling one of the copies. Yeah, Calling, sure. Yeah, you can. You get access to to um, those options. Uh, I mean, one thing I don't like about that is like, how are you getting a spell seeker into your graveyard without entombing it? I mean, looting in blue black okay <laughs> yes. careful study yeah. i mean there's there's certainly looting there's in blue black in blue black there's not a particularly like good like set of like core looting cards that you want to be playing there's like frantic search and then you have the one that turns into a draw two on attack and then you start falling off but, a cliff very quickly i mean ghostly pilfer can, is not looting but sure is also like jvp has uh, historically been like fine i guess uh, you can also play careful study i guess but like still yeah, you, you can incorporate other things as well like you could just do a, uh, um no i was gonna say you could you could incorporate a um like a instead of doing the entomb reanimate plus pact of negation which would be the the better line you could maybe do like a uh um a vampire tutor and like you know yeah also i feel like yeah. we we skipped out on the fact that if you're playing culling the week you can also just, just cast yeah, i was about to say you can cast spells you get culling <laughs> second and then it gives you back mana to recast the spell seeker so <laughs> true true yeah um yeah it's like so i think th- oh uh, and then also before we get into like meta discussion on the card um you can also do some buried alive stuff it costs like seven mana to do buried alive stuff but you can do it um, where you like you buried alive uh, spellseeker, Thassa's Oracle, whatever, and then your spellseekers get calling, reanimate, um, and then a consult. If you're already winning with spellseeker, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can you can dude. Where are you guys? You guys, this can also be a ritual with like blood pet man. Come on, you, <laughs> you can do you can do some weird ritual stuff as well. Like there's there's. There's some oh interesting stuff um, with Orami. Yeah, you've got um, uh, Priest of Gix and then like Overeager Apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, baby. I mean, Overeager Apprentice is actually like also kind of interesting because it is a discard. It pitches. Yeah. 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 Like there's, there's, I think Orami uh, is going to need to be explored a lot because I think one thing too that we were discussing in pre show was that it does, it is kind of a value engine 
if it's utilized in the right well, way, right? Like, like there's you, cards you that play, are just a blue card yeah. that's, you know, one in a blue, it's a creature, sacrifice, draw a card. Like, that's not great. Obviously, there's other things that you'd probably want to be doing instead. But there's probably some amount of cards that if people, you know, trolling through Scryfall can find where you can achieve like a minimum level, um, a minimum effective package for your deck where it's still able to function as a value engine in some points while also being a combo engine which, without diluting the quality of your deck with a bunch of crap synergy cards right yeah i mean it has the like the cards that you can play like it, it turns cards into draw cards right yeah like spending two mana to draw three cards every turn cycle if you can kind of get that get that going would be i mean i guess you, you can know, also pretty I mean, pretty sorry good. we're getting to spice territory here without even getting to real discussion but i guess you could also play the like the creatures that sack themselves to make opponents discard cards <laughs> And then you get them oh, back that, and you yes. make them discard like four cards in a single turn. <laughs> I just realized um, Grim Harrowspecs. Uh, <laughs> like, isn't that non-token? Oh, no, oh, it oh it is not token. Never mind. Um, there's there's um there are some things that work um with non-tokens or so that do work with tokens, but they're like harder. To or I guess like something like Smothering Abomination is is kind of a meme because like. Do, is it one trigger or do they each have the trigger to sacrifice them? Uh, they each get the a trigger, right? Sacrifice. Each, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. It sacrifices them, so it's one trigger. It's all at once. Yeah, so then um, they all see each other die. So, yeah. like, if you smothering abomination would make you draw nine. Yeah, there's just some interesting things to, to look at for Arami, and I think it's going to take a lot more work than something like Nadir to come up with like a close to optimal list. Yep. I think that whatever the first iterations of Arami are are going to suffer and require you know yeah. refining. I mean, it's, over it's it's sort of it's months. sort of just like similar to like not just because of the spellseeker stuff, but it's sort of similar to Anala in that like there's just a very wide breadth of things that you can be doing with it. Like mm -hmm. there's like there's there's a lot of stuff that can fill in the synergy slots that like is gonna just take testing to figure out what's good. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. I have yeah. the same kind of. I'll just I'll say I'll kind of rephrase where I I'd like to see this deck work. I just think that there's gonna be a card quality issue. Like trying trying to enable your your graveyard plans, I think will ultimately suffer. You also it, like the yeah. Well, I th I think that's the same thing that happened with Yuriko for a bit, where it's like you know oh I'm just gonna jam every single ninja into my deck. Right. And then, you know, over time, people are realizing, oh, well, there's a certain amount of ninjas that I should run because they're they're good. And then, you know, and, and cards that actually allow me to uh, ninjutsu in uh, Yuriko that are evasive. But you, you it, the the that core engine gets whittled down over time until you are uh, left with a smaller package and you can still. So this run, all being said, you, know, you can also good cards. Sorry, I deck. just remembered yeah. this was something about Arami um, that I hadn't uh, discussed was that you can also do stuff with like milling your deck. I mean, it's not particularly easy or free in Demir, but you can do things like, um, uh, like painter servant yourself, and then like painter painter servant well, grindstone yourself. Ms. Um, Ms. Miracorp yeah. is kind of just like a value engine. Ms. Miracorp plus, uh, yeah, basalt monolith is also like. A well, thing. you don't even have to do. I think Ms. Miracorp kind of. Plus Orami yeah, is just like, like fine on its you're, own. You're digging towards your stuff, but then yeah. obviously if you have the uh, basalt, then just like, cast yeah, Oracle out of the Like it, it's all like stuff that's fine. It's again gonna take time. 
Yeah, um, I, I kind of proactively but, try not to mill uh, breach decks. <laughs> yeah, that, that is definitely <laughs> true. Yeah. I was thinking, like, I guess Mesmeric Orb's, like, much more reasonable, you know, with, with Gitrog sort of being in not a great spot and becoming less popular, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, well, yeah I don't breach. think it's becoming popular based <laughs> on the metagame report, dude. It's yeah. definitely... Still... I think it's... It's certainly even, like... I, I've seen a lot less of it when I've been playing... Gitrog like is just like the but, death and taxes of mediation. Yeah. <laughs> just, Anyways, yeah. uh, next up, next <laughs> oh, so, up. Sorry, hold on, before before we, we move on to the next one, I just want to circle back to something about Nadir. We we kind of only talked about Sultai and uh, Jund in terms of like whether or not you'd want um, Jund as like a replacement for Prosh with Tana. Is is uh, Abzan Nadir like something to to look Personally, at? I don't think so. In terms of like whether or not you'd be on on abzan instead of uh, uh i think jund offers more speed which is what you want when you don't have a value in the command zone and siddhar Kondo is definitely not a value engine in the command zone yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah okay cool i just want to to make sure that we we touch on that cool all right next up we have master Ugwe from kung fu panda <laughs> monkey nice. uh, arkelos arkelos lagoon mystic who is the dirtliest turtle? Cast well, maybe yeah. Meander Tower Shell yeah. hasn't beat, but um, cast for one black, green, and blue is a two-four legendary creature, Turtle Shaman, and has as long as Arkelos Lagoon Mystic is tapped, other permanents enter the battlefield tapped, and as long as Arkelos is untapped, other permanents enter the battlefield untapped. So. Uh, there's some some cute stuff you can do with uh, with like taking advantage of untapped effects. Obviously, the Ravnica Karu lands coming in, uh, the ones that tap for two and make you return a land, coming in untapped. Very strong. Um, Summer Bloom Storm? Yo. Yeah, you can do some, <laughs> some cheesy like Summer Bloom stuff. Um, it makes Mystic Sanctuary under untapped, uh, and the condition on Mystic Sanctuary is not... Um, is not if you control three or more islands. It's if you control three or more islands, it enters untapped. If it enters untapped, yeah, do the thing. So it- so this j- just makes it do the thing. Um, and if you can just like, I think the best thing to be doing with this is mostly just tapping it in your end step, <laughs> yeah, and then making your opponents play under like a one sided um, orb of dreams or like kismet or whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call card. that effect, yeah. uh, root maze type deal yeah it, it's just um, like it just does like that so well of just like being a one-sided stacks piece in the command zone yeah like it's in the right it's like too. yeah in the right colors obviously but it's like yeah it's it's sort of like if grand arbiter was like it i feel like it's comparable to like if grand arbiter was just in better was just in better colors where it's like well the the thing is it's like it's harder to have it doesn't come yeah. online quite as quickly it's also I guess it's also like harder to well, like, directly benefit off of it being in play. Yeah. But like it's a lot more I feel like it's more No, nah, I guess it's not more impressive. It's just it's just good though. Well, it's definitely better against like some more relevant like it's it's better yeah. against different stuff, some of which is more relevant, some of which isn't. Yeah. It's less good like it doesn't tax them as much mana on like a storm Nas turn. Yeah. But obviously like 
Okay, nice dark side. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. I feel like, so, I feel like with uh, Arcalos, like, it's just going to see a lot of play by virtue of, like, like, Bug can play a ham sandwich in the command zone and be fine. Um, and, mm. like, has historically sometimes Sick. done that. <laughs> Where, like, as soon as you, like, get this new card, which is, like, with minimal effort, you play, like, Springleaf Drum and, like, Earthcraft and, like, some other stuff. I don't know. Just stuff to tap it down on command. I mean, um, you can also just attack you also, it. But, like, on the turn that it comes <laughs> down, like, if yeah. you can just, like, immediately turn it off, turn it on with minimal effort, and then you can also just attack with it. Um, to get like this great effect for yourself, I feel like it's just good enough on its own with minimal effort to helm a good like bug shell with consult and whatever else. Did we uh, mention Mystic Sanctuary? Ever? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. The, the one thing I feel like is there's we we did talk about like I don't know I I feel like there's there's some other contention for for bugs so I definitely I don't. I can't imagine seeing a ton of play of of Arclos, but I will definitely enjoy the games where I see it, you know, because it's going to be... I mean, be like, what, what real, like, contention for Bug do we have right now? We have, like, Tassiger. Uh, we just talked about Nadir. Potentially Nadir, Nadir but, like, that's about yeah. it. Kazuru Kima. I guess. I feel like Kazuru... I don't know. I, I like, put Kazuru and Kima aside in like my mind deck. as a Bug <laughs> deck. Like, it's, like, an honorary five-color deck just because it's basically food lane. Like, it, it, it doesn't, like, it... I feel like... It, because uh, Kima doesn't really compete in the same space that like Arcalos and like Tasker do, right? I yeah, I know what you mean in that like people who are like I want to build a Sultai deck are much less likely to settle on Kazurin yeah. than they are. Yeah, on. okay, okay, I, was, I I get that. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Um, so our next category we have is. Uh, cards that are more fringe, so we're going to spend less time talking about these. We're kind of just going to make some quick <laughs> points. Like, that's the plan. That, okay, how about we plan, we nice. plan every, less time. Nice everybody try everybody over gets this two podcast. sentences per card and then we're out. <laughs> In and out, quick adventure. <laughs> I'm actually popping off in this fringe section, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so this one is me, I believe. Um, so this is AC Tyrants of Gyre Strait. Uh, so AC is a legendary creature serpent that casts for four, a green and a blue. It's a 5-5, five, five, and it reads, you may play an additional land on each of your turns, and whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. So it's Tatiova, but it has an extra land um, land play stapled to it, and it costs well, and And actually, a very relevant note does not gain you life, <laughs> which means that you can't I mean, loop you can't combo with the card that's no, banned. So you, no, 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 you, you can't loop with you Ancient Tomb and Mystic Sanctuary and Ghostly Flicker, which is very yeah. relevant. Yeah. Oh, okay. It okay. means that you need. Sure, sure, sure. I, was, I was thinking, I was like, isn't isn't the uh, the uh, fast bond? Yeah, is no, no, like no. That, if if Tatiova, yeah, yeah. If, if fast bond is legal, legal then, just like yeah. by far the best sure. fast bond deck. But no, no, like you actually yeah. like that is actually very relevant because it means that you need to find Guy's Cradle plus have the creatures in play for it, or you need to or have, I mean, there's also you can just use like some discount effect sure but like you like you it's like it's very reasonable that you just have an ancient tomb out and it removes one of your combo pieces with that entire machine yes. yeah, machine. No, it, it, this is more of a relevant. card yeah, for but, for mid power and yeah. less for I mean, it also costs Tatiova just seems it like also costs one more right yeah. mid power but <laughs> yeah no it's like yeah. so boring why would they make Tatiova 2 yeah it's Ugh. just like okay but let's take 
Let's take an incredibly uninteresting line of text off of Tatiova and somehow put an even less interesting line of text <laughs> on it. Yeah. As if Tatiova wasn't good enough already, right? Yeah. Like just Alright. Is this really what Wizards thinks uh Simic players want? Because it's not. Alright. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll just continue. <laughs> uh so we got uh we've got Tormod the Desecrator, three in a black, legendary creature, zombie wizard. Uh, partner four two. Whenever one or more cards leave your graveyard, create a tapped two two black zombie creature token. I love this card. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a cool it's card. Great, honestly, this card is like th- that is such a powerful line of text, and in turn, like it not in CDH necessarily, but like whenever one or more cards leave your yeah. graveyard, like but it's like what? It's, so it's it's so, so similar cool. to what. To stuff that we've seen before but like it's on like this completely different axis that makes you totally reevaluate the cards that would go in this kind of deck right and like just totally yeah the fact that it doesn't it specify a particular card type yeah yeah pardon me sorry the fact that it doesn't reference a particular card type means that you can actually really benefit from the fact that it's a partner because there's a ton of different angles you can approach it with by based on choosing a different partner it also has like if it were just creatures then it's like okay well then now you're kind of set into like the partners that have creature synergies yeah. but it's it's just it's card. also sort of interesting with something that we're going to cover in a bit which is something that we've said before and references the same card <laughs> yeah um so so like yeah. the obvious the obvious thing with this is the um the grave crawler phyrexian altar combo mm-hmm. this serves yeah. as the zombie to let you cast the grave crawler and then generates tokens which will let you turn it into infinite mana and infinite um, tokens and infinite tokens yes um yeah but that i mean obviously that's like it's a two card combo that's like not made up of great cards and you need to have your commander as your commander in play they're not great so you know Dude, someone just build the tormod timna deck where you're just turboing out and taking advantage of his ability and you're just <laughs> smacking people with, <laughs> with zombies, zombies. With zombies. You just mill yourself somehow okay. and just, just yeah you just crack deck, rocks yeah. and progenitus to get a shit out of zombies <laughs> just no 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 relic doesn't work not? because it's whenever one or more cards uh, leave you need instant you need it needs sorry, to be, it needs to be like what scavenging yeah. use but you can't play scavenging use in those colors you, you can do scoos but you can also just play like a bunch of um uh god i i what, have a list what of cards, cards exile like, oh, on demand stuff there's like necropotence I mean, is hilarious is activated the 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 not the cracking the relic but the just the tapping yeah, but like, of the relic but like can you right? do like is there any like free activated ability that will just let you exile stuff from bins the, i believe i did okay. see some yeah. also the, um, there's the one that there's eater of oh eater of the dead actually only works if it's tapped. this also does the <laughs> this does sort of like this like the uh sir conrad thing of like with necropotence where like you just pitch a bunch of cards in your end step and make a shit ton of zombies <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah i guess those are all individual yeah. triggers nice yeah um but yeah love tormod probably we'll talk about it more <laughs> um all right so next we have livio of sworn sentinel one and a white for legendary creature human knight two two partner uh, it has one and a white choose another target creature as controller may exile it with an agus counter on it uh two and a white tap return all exiled cards with agus counters on them to the battlefield under their owner's control so the only reason this is on the list at all is because it does really interesting things with Thrasios and Village Bell Ringer, um, where you have you now have this Bant deck with like a one-ish card combo with your commander, which is neat. I'd say that's pretty awesome. Bant hasn't really Definitely had that. Definitely on the neat side. If you have like a B 
bajillion mana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's only, you need to be able to generate six mana, which is like... Six mana, but you need to be able to generate double white. Yeah. Along with that, right? So you can't just do like a big Priest of Titania or something. You probably need to throw in like a Bloom Tender and a Faber Birds Elder. and like maybe some other stuff or Faber. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's yeah. enough. I mean, Arbor Addison and Pilgrim. Uh, Avis and Spellgram, yeah. There's like enough. I feel like there's enough Darkseid so theoretically the also yeah. does a thing. Sorry, what? Darkseid uh, yeah, theoretically also, also does a thing. Like you have to exile the Darkseid as well, yeah. but like yeah. it definitely... It, but then you aren't in Thrasios though, right? Sure. Well, yeah. yeah. But it's like, I, I do think yeah. that like Livio is neat just for that because we haven't really seen yeah, Bant Thrasios cool. be a thing at all and it's a sort of interesting direction to take it in. This is this is our strong white card, right? Like, yep. This is I can't. This is of. the peak. It's <laughs> yeah. all downhill from here. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> um, I oh, I on. knew. Sorry, I knew. I was like, I know there's a card. The card that removes cards from graveyards efficiently for for Tormod is Psychotog. Ah, yes. Yeah, that'll yeah, do it. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 sure, I, yeah. I should have just pulled up my list. Yeah, I have a bunch of I have a bunch of them. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so next up, uh, the most heavily foreshadowed meme ever. Uh, <laughs> we have Dargo, the Shipwrecker. Uh, he's a legendary creature, giant pirate. He's a 7-5 with partner and trample, who casts for 6 and a red, and has, as an additional cost to cast the spell, you may sacrifice any number of artifacts and or creatures. This spell costs 2 less to cast for each permanent sacrifice this way and two less to cast for each artifact or creature you've sacrificed this turn. So, uh, treasures basically make three when casting this, um, and then it also um, just combos with Phyrexian Altar. Uh, combos in that it generates infinite, enter the battlefield, and death triggers, and storm. Uh, you don't net mana, but essentially, once you get it costing low enough, like once you remove its generic cost entirely by sacrificing enough things. You play it, you sacrifice it for a red, you've now sacrificed one more thing, which covers the commander tax yeah. increasing, um, which is a meme combo with Tormod the Desecrator, as <laughs> we hinted at earlier, but also um, Jessica Thrice Reborn, because you now cast your commander infinite times, and then you cast Jessica, and then you zap everyone for and then, and then Jessica gets countered. A playable mono red. And then Jessica exactly. gets countered, and then Darko <laughs> costs red a bajillion life. to cast. You'll never be able to cast him again. <laughs> so the the other obvious sort of thing to be doing with this is the like Eldritch Evolution Neoform type stuff, but unfortunately, it doesn't work out super well. Just because, because of the colors. Of the, yeah, yeah, like if you're playing this with Neoform, you're playing it with Thrasios, but then like you don't have like the obvious, you know, Razaketh or whatever to turn it into. You're getting like is Tide Spout Tyrant Jin Taxi or no Jin is tired. right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not getting awesome stuff. Um, I guess potentially you could do Jund and then have Eldritch Evolution and also Birthing Pod. Uh, Which would yep. be okay. You're missing. And Birthing Pod is also definitely has some synergies with Dargo. Yeah. Like you definitely, generally, you definitely miss out on casting. Neoform and Vanifar though, and Vanifar is like the big one for green. Yeah, I think I think what's actually kind of interesting about Dargo um, is that you can do the 
uh, Tide Spout Tyrant thing. We were talking about Poly Tyrant with uh, Rorgrak or whatever, but you can kind of do the Tide Spout Tyrant thing um, with Eldritch Evolution and Neoform. So you're cutting, you're not doing polymorphs, but then you do get to run uh, your uh, creature package. Yeah, it's just like so it's, that, there's something to consider there, and I mean he does he does become a one mana thing to bounce to bounce stuff with your polytyrant, but that's not really great. Especially to pay yeah. red mana, it's not. It's so, not, so one yeah, mana. Is so first of all, better. one mana is a lot more than zero mana because it means that soaring doesn't <laughs> yeah, work, it's <laughs> but it's too, also yeah. colored, which is just incredibly difficult to get going. Yeah, but if you have like uh, Earthcraft, I mean, you I can. But yeah, it's you like can, I think Wargak is very clearly the better the better deck there but it, it is interesting that you can still get access to like dockside combos yeah. and oh. uh whatnot the other the other meme with the jessica um dargo deck is that uh jessica's zero which we kind of glossed over makes a permanent deal triple oh, damage true. and this is seven power yeah. and has trample so yeah <laughs> oh my god dude it's you're playing yeah. you're playing uh you just play you you play eggs <laughs> Just to power out Dargo, you're like dropping Mem Knight and like Shield Sphere. And you just to, to, play to as many turn, haste turn as one you Dargo so you and then like you ritual out a and, and just... whatever else. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really follow the Legacy wow. metagame, but I really hope that something happens with Dargo <laughs> in Legacy. I mean, it is a pretty big oh my boy. God, that's so funny. That's so funny. I didn't even think that he one shots. That's yeah. awesome. Um, cool. Right. Uh, next up. We've got Sakashima of a Thousand Faces, uh, cast for three in a blue, legendary creature, human rogue, has three power, one toughness, and reads, you may have Sakashima of a Thousand Faces enter the battlefield as a copy of another creature you control, except it has Sakashima of a Thousand Faces other abilities. Um, and he also has the legend rule does not apply to permits you control and partner. Um, so someone made a, a, a post on the subreddit, I believe, about... Um, saying that their first TDH deck, they want to make the Timna deck and use, like, Sakashima plus Timna. Uh, they had some... They had less, like, devoted dongers and stuff, but I I think the Sakashima plus Timna deck as kind of a meme where you get to... It's almost like Esper Edric or something, but, well, you know, you don't have to worry so about the asymmetry. Or, sorry, the, yeah, you get to keep the asymmetry and not have so your opponent's value that's from it as well. part, yes, but I think the even cooler part about that deck isn't just that you get two Timnas the command zone, it's that it also lets all of your other clones clone Timnas. <laughs> because it oh, removes yeah, the true. legend rule. True. So you can just true. like you draw yeah. direction metamorph, that's another Timna. Fantastic Warmage, that's another Timna. And then like instead of instead of being like Edric's, just every clone you draw is another Edric. <laughs> so you're just like constantly drawing into more Timnas to draw into even more Timnas to keep making more Timnas. <laughs> Yeah, I do have to that's, say, that's one cool. of the top comments on the um, EDH subreddit, not the CDH subreddit, was Sakashima Timna. So if we're going to measure the power level as far as the, the mindset around these types of decks, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are in the fringe category, right? We're not, we're not, we're not in, in the bangers, the good. We're not in okay. We're in fringe. So, I mean, it was originally like... called memes, but someone renamed it. <laughs> Yeah, well, because uh, that's uh, I, uh, yeah, I like the name Fringe over. Memes. All right, because yeah. Sure. Um, um, anything yeah. else to Sakashima? Any other interesting combinations besides Timna? Nope. <laughs> it does dockside things sometimes, but meh. Cool. Sure. Moving on. Uh, we have Nimrus Una's Trickster, a uh, three blue black legendary creature fairy knight for a one six. 
Splash Flying. Whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn, look at the top two cards of your library, put one of those cards into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Um, so but, I, yeah. I threw this on the list because I think it kind of reminded me of like Rashmi, where people who are very interested in the Drago kind of control style, you know, you could do something like this where you're never, you know, hard committed into casting it because it has flash and then its ability. I mean, Rashmi obviously getting access to casting things for free is is a uh, is huge relevant, because but, dig know, through time black is, like, is a better so color combination than than Simic uh, on a base level for you know winning the game and stuff. Um, and you know, looking at the getting to filter just the top two is also pretty significant, not just drawing the cards. So it does things arguably like in a similar spot for people trying to do Rashmi stuff, but. You know, I, again, Rashmi is not really a. It's I a fringe deck. I think CDH. the most exciting thing about this for me is that, and I've been saying this forever, is that like just put Flash on higher CMC commanders because, like, it just makes them so much more interesting and so much more playable. And like, it balances out the high CMC aspect a bit. Where like, especially for blue commanders, if you give them Flash, it's like, yeah, it doesn't come down until later, but it's not like you're like you're you also have the double whammy of it comes down later and you're forced this to tap out into it in a later turn. This is also the perfect plausible deniability oh, for yes. ad nauseum. <laughs> <laughs> He's got five mana! Nauseum, I'm just holding up my commander, guys. Stop, stop. Yeah. This card is a wonderful Teferi Master of Time blocker, gotta say. Yeah, it, it, it definitely blocks. It's, uh, despite being a tiny fairy, it's got a big ol' butt. Should have been an Archon, dude. It's, it's a okay. thing riding All another right. thing. Linden and Archons, <laughs> am I right? Um, next up, we got the Ghost of Ramirez de Pietro. They're back, and they're dead. <laughs> uh, Cast for Tyrannic Blue, 2-3, Spirit Pirate. Do we have... Is Ghost a creature type? No, it's just Spirit, right? No. Okay. No, um, just, no. Has Partner. Um, it cannot be blocked by creatures with Toughness 3 or greater. Which is sort of neat. Take that, Thrasios. Yeah, get out of here, Thrasios. Take that, Nemrus. Get out of here. It also, so <laughs> with the, being the 2 3 not being able to block by Thrasios is actually pretty great because it means that it's just getting through most of the time on most boards, unless you want to block with like actual dorks. Um, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, choose up to one target card in a graveyard that was discarded or put there from a library this turn, put that card into its owner's hand. Um, so I put this on the list just because it has some really interesting things that you can do with it with specifically milling your library. So if you play this in a Hermit Druid shell, you can use it as your dread return. So you can play like non-black Hermit Druid shells with it, which is pretty neat, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think the oh, one thing is that his his unblockable clause, I feel like, is just... In CDH, at least, is it's not it's not quite not there, quite but, good enough. But it's still like it's still like enough where like you can get through a lot of the time. Like I feel like, especially if you're playing against something. Well, like, I don't think you can. Get, I think people. I, don't think, I think people will let through. you through if you're doing something for value. But if you're yeah. doing a hermit druid, I don't think you'll be able to get through. Well, most of the time. It, that, I mean, you can't time it like you only depends, activate right? a hermit druid once it's sure, not but, blocked. But also, what? Who are you? What is this hermit druid deck that you're like? Okay, so you need green. 
Presumably, it's not Thrasios. I mean, so it could be Thrasios. You could play Sidar Kondo and make it actual You're play unblockable. Hermit Druid mana base in two colors. You could do, you could do Sidar Kondo, yeah. make it actual unblockable, and you also get to play Breakfast Combo in it, which is sort of neat. Um, you can also just play like actual Breakfast and play non-green, which is sort of fun. Um, and then you can do like Basalt Monolith plus whatever. Um, the other direction that I sort of thought was cool with this is like you can just play Jeskai Ghost. Um, with Bruce Tarl, and then Bruce Tarl gives like lets you get back two things with because it has double strike, and you can just play a breach deck where you just like try to traumatize yourself as much as possible, and then use uh, the ghost to get back breach out of the bin, which is sort of neat. And then you can get like back like breach plus something else if you have Bruce on board, which is sort of fun. I just think that like it, yeah, it just seems like you're gonna get chumped when it matters, right? Like oh, you sure. traumatize yourself, and they're like, "Oh, well, I guess you can get back all this stuff this turn only." I guess I'm sacrificing my door. Yeah, but right? like that being said, if you're playing against like a Timnacron deck and they cast Chrom, you're just like, "Okay, I'll swing through you." Cool. Sure. And then also, like, if you're doing it with Brain Freeze, because that's sort of the goal. Of this is like you just build up a huge Brain Freeze and then Brain Freeze yourself, or Brain Freeze yourself on other people's turns when there's a large Storm count, and then swing through later. Like no, it's isn't it this turn? Oh, it is. Never mind. Yeah, it's the turn. Yeah, ignore no. that. Yeah, I it's would like this turn. a lot yeah. more if it wasn't <laughs> oh, this man. turn. Yeah, yeah. imagine for oh, Christo. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> okay, moving on to Kesket, the Flesh Sculptor, two and a black legendary creature, human artificer, one three, sacrifice uh, tap, sacrifice three other artifacts and or creatures. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put two of them into your hand and the other into your graveyard, and it has partner. So, uh, who, someone was talking about yeah. uh, Congregation at Dawn. Yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to put this in the thing. At, uh, this is pretty much all I wanted to put Casket in this list for is just because I nobody's really explored this yet, but potentially could do some neat things with Congregation at Dawn. You get there's also just the there's um, Insidious Dreams, right? Uh yes, discard like, obviously, three on top. Yeah. Is like, <laughs> yes. it it has downsides for sure, but you know yeah. you can. Uh, um, so you cast a congregation of dawn, and then you activate Kesket's ability to put two in your hand and one into your graveyard. So what what plane is Kesket from? Man? So this like, already looks like he's on like the Death Star like or something. Man. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm assuming it's gonna be Alara, like it, Esper. He's... Anyway, I wasn't actually that interested in this. I just thought the congregation at dawn thing was neat. <laughs> All right, moving yeah, on. Yeah, cool. Next, we've got Togo Goblin Weaponsmith. Uh, cast for two and a red. It's a goblin artificer. Two two. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a colorless equipment artifact token named Rock. With equipped, a creature has. One and tap, sacrifice rock. This creature deals two damage to any target and equip one. And he has partner. Yeah, so here are my Togo, Togo. Where did it's we ever come to a conclusion? I think it's Togo. Togo, yeah. Here are my notes for that. T O so, double G O. Uh, yeah, like Mog, uh, Tog. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, it's the double G. Um, I th yeah, so this, this kills a variety of strong creatures. So Timna. Uh, we're going to mention two of them. Notion Thief, um, if you manage to equip your creature before the oof comes into play, it's the creature that has the ability, so you can kill oof, and like presumably you're on some sort of artifact combo shell, you know, Scepter Thrasios, for example, uh, deals with the Najila, uh, Dorks, and like if you are on a grindy deck and like Thrasios is 
a great grind plan, that you do have a mana sink to provide some level of removal. It also removes some cards that we're going to be discussing later. Yeah, yeah. I, I specifically <laughs> for, didn't, did not mention two Shadow. of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That uh, are going to be uh, a big deal. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, it takes two rocks to beat a, uh, a Draneth, but. Elves are yeah. stupid. Throw rocks at Freaking them. Freaking But you do have the option of just continually putting rocks onto a single creature <laughs> or onto, onto multiple creatures. Like, yeah. Uh, kind of, dude, great with Kesket because he fuels your artifacts. <laughs> God. <sacrifice. laughs> Big game. Big game. Uh, all right. Oh, um, yeah, I got the next one. So, Hans Ericsson, two red green legendary creature, human scout, one four. Whenever Hans Ericsson attacks, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it into the battlefield to tap an attacking, defending player, or a planeswalker they control. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. When you put a creature card into the battlefield this way, it fights Hans Ericsson. So Can we get an F in chat for Safi. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, she's like dying in the background. <laughs> Her brother's like smelling the So room. also also so of sad. note, this is the titular Hans from Ak Hans. Uh Beware. Yeah. What is it? I forget the actual name of the card, but you know. The Lurkoid? Yes, that's the one. Um <laughs> or uh, no, sorry, Lots sorry. Of flavor it's on it's this a card, titular, yeah. titular uh card in Hawk Hans run with a very similar effect. Um when, when are we gonna unhinged. get Eric? <laughs> the the father of Safi and Hans. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's, so, the card. that's such a bad uh, joke. <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I feel like they're clearly established oh, right. as yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's Eric's son, Eric's daughter, so there's going to um, be an Eric eventually. I think the, anyway, the only yeah. real cool thing about this is that uh, so there's just like two neat things about this. First of all, he cracks um, recruiter piles, goblin recruiter piles, fairly yeah, easily. Snoop, um, yeah, it's yeah, a bit yeah. awkward because he puts the snoop into play tapped when you swing with them. Although the snoop does survive fighting Hans because uh, one four versus two two, they bounce off each other. Um, but he might not fight the block you might not survive blocking if people uh, are, potentially have like yeah but you, you just blockers, need to get right? through it on one person right so like that's fairly reasonable yeah. ask i feel like um and then i mean also you can just try and combo like in, i guess it's it's, it's hard so like the, the big issue is yeah. like it brings snoop into play tap so you have to do some weird things yeah. to get around that like uh Casting a Skirk Prospector and a Grem Gully to sack it and get it back untapped so that you can then give it haste and then do Kiki stuff with it or just do other things. Um, that being said, Hans also has a secondary combo. Well, not secondary, just like he has another thing that you can do where if you somehow manage to get a Protein Hulk on top of your library and then give Hans Death Touch or just have a sack out and play, you can uh, kill off Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> so if you give, it, so it's actually like incredibly hilarious and sort of flavorful um but giving hans death touch is actually like fairly easy to do because of uh, uh i need to find the card again but there's a there's a blood rush snake that you can discard for one gr for a single green that will give a creature you control that's attacking death touch a wasteland viper um which is actually like very accessible and then it's also weirdly easy to get a hulk on top of your library you have like sylvan tutor worldly tutor primal commands not bad um or it's bad, but it's not Primal terrible. Puts it into your hand. Uh, oh, it does. Yeah, uh, you could do. Uh, there's, there's the. There's yeah. Stupid. Yeah, there's six there's drop. there's stuff that you can, you can like scroll rack stuff. Yeah, stuff. You can like do things like discard that like loot away the Hulk and then um, 
like get it back with like a noxious arrival or like any of those effects you know like mm-hmm. reclaim there's there's, there's a bunch of them um it's just neat like he's a actual like proactive gruel commander which we don't have a ton of i mean we have like gallia but gallia is not great admittedly <laughs> um and like we have like rurikthar but again rurikthar is not super proactive so what do you think about this versus uh your your gallia for, I for think because like, your whole idea with Gallia was like cracking yeah. sleep piles and stuff, right? Um, Recruiter I, piles, sorry. I yeah, so think Hans versus Gallia. I think Hans is probably better in that it's easier to get his stuff going. It's the issue is that, like, but like, isn't Daryl still just better than both of them? Yeah, <laughs> sort of. But I sort of categorically refuse to play Daryl, so <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, but also, who doesn't want to play Saffron Olive, oh, dude? This is also true. He looks exactly Definitely like does. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's Moving move on. on. Uh, next, we have Elena, Kessig Trapper. Five in red for a 4-3 human scout, legendary creature, partner, first strike, all that good stuff. Uh, the ability is tap. Add an amount of red equal to the greatest power among creatures you control that enter the battlefield this turn. So basically, like, really, really shitty Silvala in a different color. <laughs> Yeah, well, you can do kind of like Teamer Silvala, which is actually like something. not terrible because yeah, except yeah, five, the, a five drop. I think that is, like it, you can't play the same at anywhere close to the same type of deck with your commander not coming down. Sure, yeah, that's that's sort of the issue. Like, I I feel yeah. like this would be a lot. Like, this would be way more comparable to Silvala versus three mana. Um, like three mana Elena. Yes, it has downsides over Silvala, but I feel like the upsides that more colors and Thrasios bring is just like partner yeah. way too good to pass up and would also like give it a very real uh like ability to contest Solala in that in that range. But right now it's like you have to wait until turn Elena, four to cast. Red Elena. just isn't the color, man. Like it, I was gonna say also, is Elena like just worse than Kaidel as the partner for that um, kind of deck? No. I mean the advantage is you get an extra. It gives you red you and there's the also red, yeah. like yeah. I feel like it's a bit easier to get up to infinite mana with Elena. Because, like, to get up to infinite mana with Kai oh, like, you have to draw a bunch of cards, no, which is no super way. easy. Drawing cards is so easy. Yeah, drawing <laughs> cards is, like, definitely effortless. Brainstorm. Get there. I mean... And, and you, yeah. you get to... It's a lot... You get your card quality, I feel like, is higher than if you're, like, putting in Phyrexian Devourer or whatever it Phyrexian is. Phyrexian like Dreadnought. Thank Dreadnought, you sorry, very much. Yeah. <laughs> But like I like making red mana, I think is also like a pretty big downside. If it yeah, definitely like, is oversell yeah. all that. Would... All right. Yeah, cool. Um, we're now done with the commanders, uh, so we're going to be on to new cards, which is a lot smaller section. Um, and we're gonna there. We've got this category here called memes, which are cards no, no, that we're, we're not to say like these. two sentences yeah. about. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. have anything to say about any of these, but I yeah. don't, Morgan, yeah. you want I to have like, stuff to say. If you guys don't have stuff to say, I can just read That would be great. Well. <laughs> just okay, read them. Sure. Yeah. So, the first one is Hellkite Courser. Uh, four red-red creature dragon flying. Uh, it's a 6-5. When Hellkite Courser enters the battlefield, you may put a commander you own from the command zone onto the battlefield. It gains haste. Return it to the command zone at the beginning of the next end step. Um, is incredibly meme with a sack outlet and Bladewing the Risen. You can do loopy things. Uh, <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> yes. Uh, nice. Next up is Sphinx of the Second Sun, which is six blue-blue creature Sphinx, six-six with flying. Uh, at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you get an additional beginning phase after this phase. Beginning phase being untap upkeep 
and draw. Um, the latest in a long line of cards that are very much not Seedborn Muse. Uh, this has Mimi combos with Aggravated Assault that are very difficult to pull off because you have to activate the Aggravated Assault twice, uh, which is a lot of mana. And last, but nah, also probably least actually, <laughs> we have Magus of the Order, which is a 3-3 human wizard for two green-green, and it has green sacrifice Magus of the Order and another green creature. Search your library for a green creature card and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So it's a natural order, but on a creature. Which is nice. That natural order already doesn't see that much play. Yeah. 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 The only but you like potential tutor for your natural order off your Eldritch Evolution to get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the fact that you can get your Hulk into play for not seven mana and also only cast creature spells is like nice, but the lack of like the summoning sickness issue and how telegraphed it is definitely limits the and it, I mean it's also not repeatable. You have to have another creature in play for it. Uh it's still five mana to get the Hulk out, even if it is distributed over two turns. Like, there's a lot of yeah, stuff that makes no, it just not that great for Hulk strategies. It is still natural order, yeah. though, so, you know, feel like we have to mention Yep. Um, yeah, also, important to note, we're going in kind of reverse order with, with the commanders. What? We started no, with the best the, ones and worked our way to the, the worst. These are the best cards from um, the set. Such fringe, and now we're kind of doing the opposite, so we're going to end this, this section with talking about the best cards. Colloquially so, known uh, as the We just ended our memes section, so <laughs> we're moving on to uh, the section of cards that are good. So I'll start us off. We've got Coercive Recruiter. That casts for four and a red. It's a four-three orc pirate, um, and it reads: When coercive recruiter or another pirate enters the battlefield under your control, gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature until end of turn. It gains haste and becomes a pirate in addition to its other types. So it's a key yeah, combo it's, card. It's another it's, kiki it's combo a better, card. It's but, a better uh, kiki bottom than Zell's conscripts in like every case except for specifically Grenzo piling. <laughs> Uh, the fact that you can, if you're casting them both on the same turn, like actually casting them, Zell's or Zell's constructs can be good because you can steal something that makes a mana. lot of mana, like a mana vault or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, like that's a pretty narrow uh, use case. Constructs also has haste, which is, but um, that being said, you're likely running both in any deck that would run one. Yeah. So so the key here is that you because you get a trigger with every pirate. Um, you can eventually just like take all the creatures and keep untapping them and giving them haste, which means that like if anyone has a manador can play, you make infinite mana. If anyone has a Thrasios, well that's a plan. So you don't need to go to combat to win, right? Which is which is significant for um, key combos. Some key I, key there's, I, yeah. I think this is this is really good in Calamax, uh, because like you can then use your nice, horde yeah. combo at instant speed rather than being limited to pre-combat. Yeah, it's pretty neat actually. I guess also can like, this a, in like div as a divergent pile or something maybe. Uh, yeah, I also kind of in like so, divergent deck. To be deck. completely fair, I have tested a fair amount of divergent with the Kiki combo, and it is certainly not that great. <laughs> like not, not well, even well, yeah, with this not Kiki even combo? like like just in general like. Not even counting the restriction on combats, just it's not really the best. <laughs> the other, so, the so other issue is divergent. You're doing Thrasios, right? So this gives you the ability to just make infinite mana but at the, instant speed. Then you can just play Nuke. Yeah, or right? you can just play Spellseeker yeah, plus other stuff if you're in black. 
like spell secret oracle if you're in black or true, you know, tandem true. with just whatever <laughs> just anything that's not this <laughs> yep let's go on to the next one uh we got jessica's will two and a red sorcery choose one if you control a commander as you cast a spell you may choose both add red for each card in target opponent's hand exile the top three cards of your library you may play them this turn uh I, I mean this card like seems great in casts seems like fantastic just, in most stormy red things <laughs> yeah i mean it just pays yeah. for its for its recast at like at least right like it seems very probable that one of your opponents has more than three cards in their hand i think one of, one thing that's really important though with jessica's will um to consider is that you're not if you're ever not if you don't have your commander um in play or like you're casting this and it's giving you back red mana and your deck is multicolored the top three cards unlike a lot of uh, recent templating on impulse draw it's you may play them this turn instead of I until mean, the end of your that next being turn. said it's still like Ed's base case, probably a seething song <laughs> if you don't have your commander in play, which is not a bad thing. I think base case seething song is, is, is being it? a bit generous. I think base case, it's probably a uh, like a lot of times it's going to be. I think, no, I think, I think that base case, like most of the time, it's going to be at least a seething song. But a lot of people can can also, you know, play instance or something. Yeah, you can definitely get response. So that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think people may be a bit because um, I know the Goto was Goto Discord was like freaking out about this card. They're like, "Oh my god, you know, it's going to enable so so much stuff." And I was thinking, like, it, it's I think people might be a bit too um, optimistic on how much mana it's going to make. Um, but I I do think that you know overall it's probably I a, think for yeah, like anything card. that yeah. So specifically on the Goto point, I I think it makes not a, it doesn't make as much mana yeah. early in the game. Like or like okay, let me say that a bit differently. Uh, on the first turn, you're obviously going to be making seven yeah. mana, unless they you're were the last one. Over turn one uh, combos are like, oh yeah. my god, with mana crypt. <laughs> but sure, like turn you're... three, turn two, turn three. That's when, generally speaking, I think a lot of decks have not too many cards. There's sort of like a dip around four, and then it starts to go back up with the card draw decks, right? Yeah. That's yeah. why, yeah, it's a great late late turn play in Kesser, Riel, or I don't know. Like, there's like plenty of Just any blue red stormy thing. Like Seems yeah. pretty dope with the Rogar. Rogar definitely is uh, great with Rogar. Yeah. deck, yeah. That's oh, true. Deck. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Next up, we got Wheel of Misfortune, two in red for a sorcery. All right. This one. Is, <laughs> this this one is a bit of a mouthful. So give me a second here. We're gonna get through this. Each player secretly chooses a number zero or greater. Then all players reveal those numbers simultaneously and determine the highest and lowest numbers revealed this way. Wheel of Misfortune deals damage equal to the highest number to each player who chose that number, and then each player who didn't choose the lowest number, not the highest number, each player who didn't choose the lowest number discards their hand and draws seven cards. Cue, so, cue the math yeah. lady. <laughs> yeah, so... One, now you have to carry around like a stupid notepad so or something with you. For <laughs> <laughs> That's so the annoying. Worst. Um, hey, I don't know, man. Every LGS sells that like reusable like drawing pad that's not digital you know what I mean? it's yet another it's, thing it's to a carry conspiracy by big lgs like to buy erasable life pads <laughs> you thought watsy was trying to kill paper magic turns out they were trying to sell extra sketches the whole time <laughs> yeah there's there's also a weird metagame of like if you're doing this in 
ad nauseum or where your life matters and like how to like I, it's going to be hard to, to figure out and evaluate where roughly this is going to settle in terms of the average life required to put in to get a draw but there's an important things to look at the extremes where in order to almost guarantee that you're going to be wheeling with this card for yourself you're going to have to pay a significant portion well, so, of your life okay that's um because if other people are really trying to stop you if you're trying to wheel on a combo turn and storm turn and you're trying to draw some new cards you're probably going to have to bed bid almost all so your that's life sort of true but um, also um for the most part on like earlier turns which is when wheels tend to be very good you don't actually have to pay that much life but there is sort of a paradox that happens here where typically it would make sense that like there's at least one person at the table that doesn't want to wheel on like an early turn so you're typically going to see them pay like one life or like choose one so you can always just choose two but then there's a metagame where like that person then knows that you want to always choose two because it's the minimum that you yeah, like get. That's what I was still, saying, where yeah. things are going so to converge So then they choose point. two and then you both don't yeah, wheel. So then you have to be, God. okay, if they know that I want to choose two and they're going to choose two to fuck me over, I have to choose three and they also know that. So it's like, it's a game of yeah, chicken like yeah. like when you go up to see like what number you want to choose while still wheeling. <laughs> and notably, this is not a um, an, a wheel that you can use to force through uh, like Notion Thief or Hull Breacher, whoops, <laughs> kind of effects where you're not like your opponents can just choose zero. So you will be the only one. I mean, a one sided wheel for is, good, is great, but, but you know, yeah. if your opponents have, if your opponent has a Notion Thief or um, Hull Breacher or Smothering Tithe or something in play, like, you know, not wheeling is also pretty yeah. it is It is nice that you can't get yeeted by your opponent's Notion yeah. Thieves, though. Yeah. It's yep. just like yeah. I feel like Yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> it's like it's it's a yeah, weird, it's a weird wheel. It's it has I feel yeah. like it's probably good enough to see play in the wheel decks that want to play it. Just because like you want to be restock like the deck's built to restock its like an opus thief, you well, think? The, like, like anything think anything so that's like playing wheels like in the first place. The like it's stuff. anything like most stuff that's playing wheels is built to be able to dump its hand and wheel to refill anyway, and it's still fine in that situation. Like it's still good as a refill. It's just like it doesn't do like it's it's when you have a wheel synergy piece in play, it just turns that wheel synergy piece into not a Narset, I guess. Not even, because they don't even wheel. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the fact that they don't discard if they don't pay life means that it's, like, not... It doesn't, like, even half combo yeah. with wheel synergy pieces. Yeah, I think people are might be a bit over excited about this card i think it's good i think yeah like reader say it might see some play although i think it's gonna i think it's definitely gonna I mean, play than like, people think there are certainly decks that want to play another yeah, I, wheel, especially decks that don't i think there are like a lot of decks that like play either like a token notion thief in a wheel centric deck and like that's all the synergy that they play or they're just like not in a place where they can play narcetter notion thief in which case like this looks like very attractive right I mean, the one thing, the one thing too, is if you play a Notion Thief into Wheel of Misfortune, um, you don't get like completely yeeted by it, but your opponent does just get to like, you know, you flash in a Notion Thief or Tall Breacher or whatever, and then you just get to be like, cool, I'm going to discard my hand, draw seven. And like, no one else gets to do that. That's, it, it is, it is kind of like, and a, it's still good, but it's not like as bad as snag. flashing yeah. it. Yeah. It's not like game ending. Um, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Also, for people who, for whatever reason, uh, need to own cards 
and want to play three wheels in a blue red deck um it's going to cost a lot less than time <laughs> certainly will uh. <laughs> uh all right next up we have a war room which is a land the taps for a colorless and it has three mana tap it and pay life equal to the number of colors in your commander's color identity draw a card um so this card is very similar to they've kind of been there's been a trend of printing this type of effect recently uh we saw castle lockthwain from uh i mean i guess it really started with uh arch Veraska, which was five and you had to have ascend and then there was castle lockthwain which was black and it only entered untapped if you controlled a swamp and cost one double black and tap and then you lost life equal to the number of cards in hand and then there was like bonders uh enclave in Ikoria, where you have to have a creature with power four or greater. So this, much better than all of those, um, because there's no restriction comes into play untapped yeah. unconditionally. Uh, it the life that it uh, costs is not going to be you know a massive chunk if you are uh, you know if the game goes sandbaggy, which is kind of the times when you'd want to be activating War Room. Um, and you know if you're in lower colors it's like negligible cost so the real main consideration like this is one thing i really love about this card is that it is uh very clearly something that's going to be benefiting like very very low color decks and not even something to be looked at by higher color decks one because it's just the power level of the card is not necessarily like the highest but um it's like if you're if you're in I guess Godo, for instance, where you're you really struggle for card advantage, or if things have kind of stalled out, like War Room is just a decent mana sink that's pretty free to run. Um, you know, you could maybe envision running this in something like Yisan. Um, maybe there's some two color decks that would like this because it really it just kind of creates a Thrasios activation um, on a land that, yeah. on, on a on a land, which sure, you know not a bad thing. that's that's not bad. I mean, yeah. Also, I think that, like, the life... You know, there's, like, very few decks that would play it. Like, the, the the fact that the life scales with Commander, like, would change whether or not they'd play it. High-color decks aren't going to play it because they can't support a colorless land. For minimal and, upside. Like, like, I don't know, is is Goto... Like, if it if it just said pay three life, would Goto be like, oh, never mind? Like I, some go to players. That maybe, is insane know, to me. I mean, <laughs> okay. really like the treasonous ogre thing, but like, yeah. sure. one life just makes it like a non-consideration. You know, we never know what the Egypt players are going <laughs> to say, fucker. but that doesn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I guess we can move on to. Yeah, I the guess great so. Guns. Oh, I just realized what I'm going to get in this section. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, I got, I got stuck nice. with the lame one. Yeah, but you get okay. five. Oh, wow, five. Okay, so I'm going to be covering the rest of the Battle Bond cycle of lands that they completed in Commander Legends. So that is Vault of Champions, Training Center, Undergrowth Stadium, Spectator Seating, and Rejuvenating Springs. So these are all uh, two-color lands. So, you know, white, black, yeah. blue, red, green, black, blue, uh, Boros, <laughs> so red, white, and uh, Simic, uh, green, blue. Oh. And yeah, they, they enter the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more opponents. Okay, so uh, and yeah, if anyone exciting. ever plays Spectator Seating, I don't know why you would, but yeah, when you play know. it, you do. You are legally required to say, "If it rains, you'll be the first to know." <laughs> Classic goblet of fire, man. Um, yeah, uh, I think 
these are They're lands so that nice uh, to have in the format. obviously depending on the colors might see play in in some I don't know four color maybe oh four color hundred like, percent these are clearly strong for these are also yeah, just yeah, like definitely. just in general for EDH at large great to have in the format <laughs> yeah 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 so definitely just you know shut it or, or give our listeners a you know a little tip just buy these yeah. when they come out or like yeah. you know, a bit after <laughs> once the price is dipped like battle bond lands shot up to like fifteen dollars each and they came out when they they settled around like seven or eight dollars initially so yeah, went, pick up your copies good. maybe you don't have to get the spectator <laughs> yeah. seating but i know you know it, the completion aspect it's kind of nice so if you get, you're, you're get your edh play set yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. it's also yeah. along with some other things that we're about to discuss right now but um undergrowth uh what is it undergrowth stadium um being printed definitely means that Rawls now gets to run a tainted pac-mana base because we're past the point where we actually have enough lands now nurturing peatland was like the first one in the like the cycle of things to be printed where it made us made it considerable but now undergrowth stadium's just like yes give me tainted pac-mana base and to be completely honest uh strong non-search lands just makes the game feel yep. way better Especially into a card yep. dimension. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let's, uh, not, let's not get out of our head of ourselves first. Then. You got the, you got the next sure. one. Sure. Yeah. Um, so coming up, we got Hull Breacher, two and a blue, three two creature, Merfolk Pirate. It has flash, and if an opponent would draw a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, instead you create a treasure token. It's like smothering ah, Tide and Notion Thief had a kid. Everyone disliked <laughs> and this. Nobody liked it. No one wants like, this. Why is it these? I hate this. Why wasn't so it white? Because <laughs> at least Notion Thief. But why wasn't it like Gruel? What are you talking about? It breaches we can combo hopes. through Notion Thief. We can't combo through Hull Breacher. It's so annoying. It's, God, I fucking hate this card oh so God. much. I hate that this was printed. I hate and that they considered that this was a good thing. I just, uh. <laughs> yeah. So, like, all right. So you're gonna you're gonna Narset, get a theme here. This card dies. To it definitely does. <laughs> Togo kills Merfolk <laughs> real yeah, I mean, good. Putting Cabal Pit back. At, we I took Cabal Pit out of Gitrog after uh, Dranith because I wanted to put in some more like Dranith lands, and uh, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, Cabal Pit's maybe a bit less important. It's like, wow, Hull Breacher, and then our next card as well, Two Toughness. Hmm, hmm, just, maybe I'm gonna have to put Cabal. Yeah, Pit we were thinking about putting Cabal Pit more in for all single target removal and it's stuff. Just, it's God, God, I hate it. It's just so annoying. Yeah, uh, the the meta the meta is gonna be. Like swords to plowshares has never looked so great, you know. Um, lots yeah. of flashy threats where you're going to want to be able to remove them at instant speed efficiently. Um, yeah, pretty important that you have some kind of removal. I think uh, Rogak for Rollick has never looked better. <laughs> yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, I just hate um, these. I hate these cards. <laughs> I love the lands. <laughs> yeah, in terms of overall meta effects. I, I think my kind of take on this is that Hull Breacher, like Narset obviously had the same kind of effect, um, but you know, you couldn't hold up mana for that. It was vulnerable well, to being yeah, removed Narset's, through combat. Narset's not if you a couldn't surprise. It, it comes down at sorcery uh, speed and it's just like, okay, you can also beat it to death. It doesn't have like a benefit. Oh, yeah. It just 
it like it just stops your opponents from drawing whereas hull breacher is like going positive yeah, so treasures like so this is going to be much more ubiquitous uh, than even notion thief um and it's going to cause people to have to reevaluate whether or not they're running wheels which is i think um an overall positive thing because i think too many people are uh huge on uh, big fans of wheels unnecessarily and now this is just going to be punishing that yeah there's also yeah, which is a, which is a good thing the like fact that, that that's an overall great the thing. fact that this comes down um turn two off a dork unlike notion thief also i think gives consideration for like the opus thief archetype decks to potentially move into sans white so going back to e-man basically <laughs> uh sans white not sans Red. oh sure Thrasspile stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you can also, the disgusting thing about this is that you can neoform Thrasios into it as well. Just like. Yeah, uh, and like, so, so like, uh, you're, you're basically yeah. swapping this in for like Tithe. Yeah. And then, um, and then like, because this comes to, it like, comes out earlier consistently in the green, it's like a lot easier. It's a lot easier to pull off turn three, like, Hull Breacher wheel. Than also, with, with it is this, to turn the next card, wheel. Notion Thief, and like, just stuff in general. It's also a lot more plausible deniability to hold up a Thrasios activation as well as this. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything anyone else has to say about Hall Breacher? I think the uh, the meta will speak for um, actually sort of one thing. Um, sure. I am sort of interested to see what Urza pilots think about this, especially Polytyrant um, pilots, because like you. You were, uh, yeah. you were definitely missing point. out on some stuff in Polytyrant builds, but like not huge, huge amounts of stuff. You're missing out on like Spellskite uh, and Gilded Drake were the two main ones. And like that's about it. Potentially, like you might have wanted to play Trinket Mage or Spellseeker as well. Spellseeker, like, but those, those spell like seeker, yeah. huge, huge. You're like you like the fact that you get a one card, one con that's tutorable with all your artifact tutors is like sort of makes up for those in a lot of ways. Uh, but the big ones were you were missing specifically Spellskite and Gilded Drake, which are like sort of rough to be missing. Um, with Hull Breacher, I'm not sure if that tips the scales here. I probably doesn't, but it's definitely like notable that that, that deck would be playing Hull Breacher if it didn't have the restriction, like 100. percent Yeah, I yep. think the meta is going to require a lot of um, the meta is going to change to adapt to Hull Breacher shenanigans for sure. All right, next on cool. next one that we got. The meta's going to change to adapt to hall breacher <laughs> yep, shenanigans. Definitely. I mean, I think it's going to adapt more noticeably to hall breacher than one. our next so card. Because this, <sighs> let's talk about we'll that after this card. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that I have to read this. <laughs> Already, <laughs> we have opposition agent. Uh, opposition agent is a two and a black for a human rogue three two. Flash. <laughs> Fucking, you control your opponents while they're searching their libraries. Doesn't stop there. <laughs> while an opponent is searching their library, yeah. they exile each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled. Anyway, spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast them. So, opposition agent is Dude, just white so, is like yeah. <laughs> first of all, white should have gotten like both of these cards. White can't yeah, have shit. <laughs> yeah, it's mind sensor, but yeah. better, and then also yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> better, 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 but also better. better. 
Um, we also imme- this immediately contradicts our statement in um, the <laughs> following episode. <laughs> I think. Oh no! In in our previous episode where we said the green doesn't really yeah. Oh yeah, doesn't gre- do black doesn't yeah. give black green doesn't something good to find with the creature. Oh uh, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess it does now. Um, Aged like <laughs> so. The issue. Uh, okay, the issue with opposition agent is that. Like it's a it's, all it's really it. good, <laughs> um, and like every yeah. black deck wants to play opposition agent because okay first of all just here let's just get down the basic stuff here. A lot of what opposition agent does is replaces itself. It's an even mind sensor that replaces itself um, when it hits the board because you steal somebody else's tutor, and then if they're tutoring for like a consult or if they're tutoring for like an oracle, then you just get to take their thing and then do your thing instead. <laughs> While also screwing over the rest of the table. It's kind of so you kind of insane that opposition agent doesn't even require that it is itself in play yeah, in order to no. cast the card from exile. Like some like some other cards yeah. have been yeah. templated that way. Yeah. It's like as long as you control opposition agent, you nope. may cast cards. Yeah. Does the thing. Yeah. Um so just that alone is far too stupid and not okay. Also, like I mean, like you're never gonna use this as a stone rain because it's far too valuable as like a steal a teeter thing, but even if you do use it as a stone rain, thing to steal the land is nuts. <laughs> you take I mean, a land you can, drop. Sometimes you just want to hit your <laughs> land drop and you know, and you stop your opponent. It's like sometimes <sighs> that is just good enough. And that's but, like the scary thing is like mind sensor into a fetch is yeah. like nice. Like right? I, I mean, nice. you say you're never going to use this as a stone rain, but like it's like a stranglehold what? with flash. That's also like a, a um, one really acid moss. Yeah. Like, I, I'm still Definitely. playing that. Like, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that like you wouldn't play it as that. I'm just saying that like the, yeah, the upside so for holding it until somebody vamp tutors and then you steal I mean, their I think, thing. I think it's like generally really stone raining someone and putting opposition agent in play is better than wasting a turn cycle. Sure. But, but that being said, yeah, but if you have Thrasios, you know, just uh, so, draw Thrasios there, and then, oh, someone Hull Breachers, oh, and then he made issue, a treasure, dang. The issue that I have with cards like <laughs> oh Opposition God, Don't even say that. Is that, like, first of all, they don't encourage you to do anything else than you're already doing. You're just, you just play them, and, like, it just, it's the same thing with, like, Granth Magistrate, where, like, it just makes life miserable for everybody, <laughs> because, like, it, there's no downside to playing them, it doesn't, like, encourage you to do anything else it doesn't discourage anybody really from doing anything else because like you you can't not tutor in this format it's a hundred card singleton you have to tutor to find the stuff that you want to be doing um consistently it's just mm-hmm. i just hate it <laughs> yeah i have this this new deck it's it's kind of got like a silent win condition it's just Dranith, hall breacher opposition agent all in play at once and then your opponents concede and <laughs> you, you lose all your friends. Yeah, it's 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 effective. Okay, but if the game never ends, then you can never be lonely, <laughs> dude. If only Draineth had been two toughness, and then we could like pyroclasms would be cool again. Hago would just be infinitely <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, so okay, so I uh, uh, as a side note, uh, the you may cast these as long as they remain in exile is the same text that um, Gaunti right. has. So it might just be a black thing. Um. Yeah, so, like, people have also pointed out that um, it is a reasonably, like, it's kind of a meme, but it's a reasonably low opportunity cost to run scheming symmetry. Yeah. Um, so you opposition agent, steal a tutor, use use that to find, like, mystical tutor or whatever, go to your turn, find your scheming symmetry, 
and then tutor for like both console pieces from two different decks or something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like you target two um, opponents, yeah. search both or, I mean, decks, or just play this and like find like whatever. You definitely don't combo. need to do that to make this card many levels of yeah. not okay. But uh yeah. Like in some ways it's kind of like um like the scheming symmetry thing is, is sort of like the uh uh witch witch's claw sort of thing that are that people have done which like just including as an additional tutor. It's like in the turn oh, you're kind of talisman? trying to win. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, wish claw talisman, sorry, that's it. Yeah. Like, like on the turn you're trying to win, it's like, you know, you're you're doing if scheming symmetry into like some kind of cantrip. Sure. But it's like it's not it's not obviously the same or exactly the same and comparable, but I mean it's not like the worst card ever. Um it's not completely dead if you don't so you're not doing the, the worst, agent. Thing. You can also bait people extremely hard by activating wish claw talisman and then passing with three mana up. <laughs> also true. <laughs> I think so the issue that I have with scheming symmetry though. Um, isn't like I I think like it's a bit clunky and I think the card's a bit too dead for me to be happy playing it. Whatever, that's my personal opinion. I think the actual worst part about it is that if it turns out to be good, then it's self-reinforcing because instead of tutor chaining from their tutor to find yeah, your own, you find, you find their, their scheming, scheming symmetry, symmetry instead. <laughs> and it oh just makes it, yeah, just, that's it just makes it so much worse. <laughs> The other, the other thing that just like is like an extra bad on top of opposition agent <laughs> is that because uh, we're not because of the pandemic, a lot of people are playing online. A lot of that play happens over webcam. This card is an incredible oh pain in the yeah. ass to play over webcam. Yeah, it's Prayer's Grasp, but yeah, like even it's even more normal. Yeah, I don't know Prayer's if this grasp. was explicitly <laughs> mentioned, but um, if you can if you control your opponents, yes. you get a look at their hands. Um, One thing that's also yeah. relevant, I guess, I was kind of, it's not, um, yeah, it's not Praetor's Grasp, Exile's yeah, Face Down, right? up. So you, you can Whereas still Roof Sweeper your stuff back, I guess. Well, that's not exactly what I was thinking. I was more thinking the fact that it's, it's yeah. revealed what you're so finding. So you can just, you can just yeah, tell right? them. Like, you, yeah. there's, there's not, you can't be, like, you know, too tricky about it. But still, it's just like. You can't be like, oh, I'm just finding a counter spell, and, like, you know, you take their ad I mean, or something. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. The, yeah, it's just. <laughs> This is incredibly annoying. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of this card, and I'm not like a fan of Hall Breacher either. Just kind of like auto clue generic things that make people's lives, yeah, you know, worse, miserable. Like must. I mean, answer for the records, this also is going into Verals and is part of a new pile in Verals, which is just this plus Marilyn of Mornsong. Oh, no. No, not stupid mirror. <laughs> because bullshit. it fits no. in a whole yeah. pile. I, I don't believe in that at all. I don't believe in it either. <laughs> and it also, basically, you're because we're playing this in Vrawls no matter what, because it's just insane. Um, and then also because this means that we're now playing Eldritch Evolution and Creature Cheaters, it just means that it's an A plus B combo with Morelin. And then also, if you're multi hulking, you can like find a Sylvan safety before you find this plus Morelin. And then you just win with somebody else's console plus Thorkel. <laughs> because you're now on a Tated Pact mana base And anyway. also... Like, now that you... Like, I've... I mean, I, I knew this, but now that you mentioned it, like... It's just another, like, card that console yeah. can play through yeah. reasonably well. Yep. At wi- and yeah, it's like... I was thing with Hall Breacher, too, vault. right? Limdal's yeah. Vault, Tainted Pact. Dude, those stocks through the roof. It's, uh... You're playing, uh... You know... Polydex, uh, and you're in black, then I don't know what you're doing. You gotta be playing opposition agent. <laughs> it's not also, a good. This is a great reason for people to stop running um 
unless you're in like mono blue or something, you know, and you need to find get access to Mystic Sanctuary, you know, don't I'm I'm very anti running fetches in mono color. Like I'm not a fan of of like fetches in Yisan or Salvada, um, Godo, anything like that, where it's like, you know, for deck thinning or to get the shuffle to get, you know, some minor synergy with top or something. It's like I'm not a fan of that. And especially with opposition agent and all the other tutor hate effects that are certainly still gonna be run. Um, yeah, get rid of that. And if you're in mono blue, I'm also pro getting rid of Prismatic Vista. Also I'm definitely anti fetch lands in monocolor, assuming you count being anti monocolor as <laughs> a stand. <laughs> also, if I didn't mention this, this is also something that you can neoform Thrasios into, which is also incredibly annoying because yeah. it then puts it out of Pogo range and out of Pyroclasm range. <laughs> I think having the ability to neoform an opposition agent means like that scheme symmetry is like your opponent's opposition <laughs> agents, though. <laughs> Oh, also, God. also, yeah, that, like unlike with Notion Thief, where like if two people have them, they both get to play somewhat normally. That's not yeah. how this works. If two people have them, it's just awful. Yeah. Um, also, imagine just stealing your opponent's opposition agents and just keeping it in in like revealed as like this effect is never going away. You remove my opposition agent, and then it's like another one is going to come in to replace it or something. Stealing their demonic tutor <laughs> into, into a, yeah. their opposition agent so, and just always having it up. Astoundingly, we still have another card to talk about. Yeah, might be I want to say one more thing about opposition. Yeah, I definitely will. Okay. Well, that being I, said, I'm groaning more about opposi opposition yeah, agent. I think opposition agent are, in are in much our worse than the format, next card. Opposition agent is definitely the more controversial card. I feel like this one though in the format at large yeah greater yeah I have, I have words to say about that in a second but i just want to say um people were talking about opposition agent and hull breacher as like you know while they're also timna attackers great timna attackers well i think people overblow that in the sense that like you most of the time like if people can have a timna up as a block or any kind of two toughness creature you're never getting through with opposition of the like, time there's no way you're offering a trade on an it's so agent. much better than timna it's not like, even funny <laughs> like you just there's yeah. no way i'm trading it away yeah like the maybe you might be able to get in one extra attack because you flashed it in and then you know someone was holding up a thrasios as a blocker and like they're you know it's just a free free attack there but like yeah this is it's not like a great and neither is Hallbreacher they're not great Timna attackers they're yeah <laughs> Hallbreacher honestly Timna blocking a Hallbreacher is like uh, I don't know it just kind of it's maybe the most perfect play you can ever possibly <laughs> it's, it's so like, aesthetic yeah. aesthetically perfect yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, yeah it's like right. it's like a little amount of Moving justice <laughs> last but certainly not least we have Jeweled Lotus Black Lotus <laughs> <laughs> Zero mana, artifact, tap, sacrifice jeweled lotus, add three mana of any one color. Spend this mana only wow. to cast your commander. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a black lotus for commanders, which uh, has a lot of people very upset um, for, I think, some good and some bad reasons. Uh, I think that this, like, it's going. It's looking like it's going to be quite an expensive card, and I think that it encourages some not great play at the casual end of the format. From a competitive pr perspective, this card. This card's great <laughs> for the format. You do. Yeah, I think that it encourages. Um, it's good for low color. Uh, 
low color decks um, and gives them a boost against things that are like so it's 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 good for low color decks with um especially higher casting cost commanders although there is obviously some exceptions and there's some exceptions to my first rule as well like Najila obviously this is good in Najila um, but I think on average like you know having something be good for Urza Godo Gitrog Yisan Silvala um you know any you know monocolor Azami or something like any any kind of monocolor deck or low color deck that you can think of the fact that this is giving that a boost I think is a good thing um and as, like i was saying allowing for uh give you some play against dranath in the sense that you can maybe power out your commander a bit sooner before you might expect to see a dranath um is kind of nice uh and yeah the fact that it's not giving a massive boost to uh four or five color decks with some exceptions is uh is good i think it brings uh things to be it more accurate. So, although in reality I mean, this card a small this card is toxic and is healthy only for the format only if you look at it from the perspective of a spreadsheet and not actually yeah. playing games because all of the decks maybe with the exception of urza all of the decks that get big benefits from this like people are looking at all the like four cmc two color commanders things like your like grand arbiters or yeah. banifars or whatever you know like they still have all the same problems they've always had in games where you don't open with now they just have lotus. a high roll like if you have to if you have to tutor the jeweled lotus to to use it then like it's not worth it to cast like a four mana commander that's not like like at that point you could just get mana crypt if you're casting it on turn two anyways and in the games they do have it it's just like you're just hoping to snowball it into a non well so okay so, so like we're, we're essentially just giving like we're giving a critical hit mechanic to uh to like these underpowered yeah, decks and like also, yes that will make their win rate closer to parity but it will they'll be just as unenjoyable in the games they don't have it and they will be unenjoyable in a totally different way in the games they do so have there's it. also another issue with this is that like along with doing that so like totally agree like it doesn't actually meaningfully increase the power level of those decks it just gives them random high rolls every once in a while um, within the, the game in the games where you don't open with this cast your commander and then draw into it it's also going to be a terrible feeling <laughs> like it, it just, those are just aren't going to be fun games either so like it's it's increasing the amount of unfun on both sides of the table like i feel like this is a net unfun card Oh yeah, I don't think the card is fun. Like, there's nothing really fun yeah. about it, right? I think it's a it's net just power card, in exactly the same way that Morgan, you know, described it, where it's a great spreadsheet card, right? But it, it's it's a net. I guess yeah, from an enjoyment sense, you're not necessarily enjoying. I mean, maybe some people are going to enjoy cracking their lotuses. I'm probably no, not going to be enjoying you, it. I mean, like but, you know, I enjoy it like one out of every a hundred games where you just have like the stupid high roll and like everything goes your way. And your opponents never had a chance, and you're like, that felt really good. And then you're like, okay, now I want to go back to playing real games of magic. But like this is yeah. this is gonna happen depending on how aggressively you mulligan somewhere between once every like seven or eight games and once every like fifteen games. And I I think what's important as well to think about is like do you think this is a 
a more impactful high rule than a than opening a soul ring or a mana crypt for or the, like for the maybe decks it's more that want it, yes. the in, other or both in the decks that like in the, the mm. in like specifically like four cost two color decks yes i think it's a higher roll yeah yeah specifically in that specific case i i, I agree um i think I, uh, I think that it's you can't be like there's i think there are some decks that are four cost um two color that yeah like vanifar sure um uh, grand arbiter are you, know, you kidding Urza, me? sure grand arbiter um, you grand arbiter I, don't, like, grand, yes. I guess grand arbiter yeah grand arbiter because you're getting the discount i think what's yeah. important is like things that don't require the additional mana to be um or, or they either provide you some additional mana advantage or something when they come down or they don't require that something like vanifar whereas like it's not just a generic like thing in, in that sense right because i think the mana crypt and soul ring providing that persist that persistent mana advantage really really does end up kind of being a more high roll swingy card uh than jeweled lotus in most instances well, so I and i think that people people tend to kind of think like like i mean we did do our entire ban session our ban list discussion i you know talked about how i was pro banning um uh mana crypt and soul ring and like Obviously, by that same logic, because of the swingy aspect of it, I, I would be pro banning Jeweled Lotus. But I think there's, you know, people who are fine with Mana Crypt and Soul Ring as is, um, freaking out about Jeweled Lotus is like, yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems like how can you how can you be fine with those? But then you know this is the card that you know finally. Yeah. Well, so I guess the, the thing is the thing is, is that like I think it's certainly the delta on it is enormous compared to Mana Crypt and Soul Ring. So I guess it depends on how you look at high rolls. Um, I think that, like... You mean because it's so shit when you draw yeah, it versus, like... like versus yeah, just, like, okay. a good card that everyone gets to play. But also, I, I think that, like, the highest highs on this card are are better than Soul Ring, which is when you're, like... Which is when it's, like, taking the role of literal Black Lotus in your deck, where you're, like... Yeah. You play Grand Arbiter, yeah, turn one that, on the play, just and then... Soul Ring, right? Not mana crypt. No, even mana crypt. Because I think I think like mana crypt, mana crypt into like this. This is not doing mana crypt into Ristic study, right? Like that's. No, I think but that's like, like one this, of the high rolliest plays in the format. I mean, I think, I think Grand, that our, Grand, this yeah, Grand Arbor Grand, turn one Grand Arbor is on turn one is high, is high roll, roll honestly. I don't. Are you kidding me? You don't think <sighs> that's that? true? I don't think so. I think I think mana crypt into like. Like so your opponents if you're can't in Grand play Arbiter, if you're in Grand like Arbiter, what? is turn one is turn one Grand Arbiter with the Jewel Lotus better than turn one, uh, uh, you know, Island Mana Crypt Ristic Study turn two Land Grand Arbiter? Yes. No, because uh, yes, you get to draw so. cards off the Ristic Study, but all your opponents got to play at least one spell untaxed, and that spell probably increased the amount of mana they had on turn two. And then you're also taxing them on every turn yeah, two but following, they got and their, also they got taxing their foot them with the, the Ristic Study. Sure, but I mean, you can play the Ristic Study on turn two in this scenario yeah. as well, right? Like, if we're, if we're just swapping Mana Crypt and yeah, Jewel, yeah, I guess, the, I guess that is the, fair. the Ristic Study is yeah. coming down on turn two. But yeah, I, like, I think it's the high rolls of Jeweled Lotus are pretty comparable to... I mean, even uh, like, like turn one Tygum is probably better than Ristic Study. Turn one Brago is still probably better than turn one Ristic Study. Um, what else? I don't think that Brago is 
the better than Risk uh, I think in in a I, I think, think in a Brago deck agree, it is, but I don't think especially Brago like is. when it's it now. But you're on two mana. You're on yeah, two but it mana starts your, doubling mana, so it untaps your, your talismans, so you can you know, play multiple things. It, it it doubles your your your. You have to invest in rocks still, right? You have to invest in a talisman, put it down, and then it it untaps that. Like I don't think I don't think that's better than the turn one Ristic study and then turn two Brago. But again, I think we're just getting a bit like lost. Like I I think. I think comparing if we're even comparing this to mana crypt, yeah, we've, yeah. somewhere, rolling, somewhere pretty, something went really yeah. wrong. Yeah, like the the high rolling the high rolling aspect with mana crypt. Uh, the main point I wanted to bring up with you know mana crypt and soul ring and high rolling and it's just that there are people who are fine with that level of high rolling and they say they wouldn't want those cards banned and they think that's essential to CDH. But then they're also like complaining about jeweled lotus. It's like, I mean, there you can have a nuanced argument about, like Morgan was saying, the delta between um, mana crypt lows and mana crypt highs is uh, much smaller than the delta between jeweled lotus lows and jeweled lotus highs. Which you know, there's some nuance there, but I don't think most people yeah. are making that nuanced argument. I think most people are just kind of yeah. being oh, reactionary. Yeah. I mean, there's also there's reasons. also the thing. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just gonna tack one thing onto the uh, competitor discussion where like mana crypt at least sort of enables some strategies past just the high rolls where like. You can tutor for a mana crypt, and that enables like some strategies to be good. Like non blue color combinations, really like to be able to tutor it, and like it's it makes Adnaz better. Like I'm not sure if Adnaz would be anywhere close to as good if mana crypt didn't exist in the format, like that kind of stuff. Jewel Lotus exists for like the sole purpose of just turning like some games into turn one high rolls, and like you you just never want it after turn one ever. Jewel Lotus, Jewel Lotus is. It's a great ad nauseum card. Jewel Lotus is a yeah. great ad nauseum card in, in the Malcolm. <laughs> in the Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, so like Gitrog, Gitrog lists have been running uh, LED for a while. And this is to be to enable things like um, there's a couple different lines. Obviously, it's like, you know, if you can slam your uh, your discard outlet and you can get some stuff in play and then you can, you know, crack the Lotus at the end and then play your Gitrog, you know, and then maybe crack a fetch or something and, then you know, enable the combo. So it's like a. A workaround to do like a black lotus there when you're doing something with ad nauseum you can power out a bunch of stuff and then you know get get rog into play using the uh the led so there, there's some yeah, things there just, right yeah. but if you're if you're casting a turn one tutor on um in get rog right if you're going for mana acceleration you're usually going for uh yeah but that's why I'm, know, that's mana crypt jeweled lotus is actually a different but that's why i'm like, saying that this this is a, a reasonable thing that you would actually tutor for to get a turn two get rog off of the back of solely uh an imp seal or vamp tutor or something yeah right? i get it's just like yes there is there is a unique aspect it's where you tutor like, for it. what i'm saying is like there's a large part of the time where like it's just going to be a dead draw where like a lot of the time mana crypt isn't a lot of it like you just have mana to spend on other stuff Okay, I mean, I don't think we're yeah, arguing yeah, the difference the, between yeah, yeah. Uh, the yes. Delta. Like, we've, we've, yes. we're, we're all on the same page on that. Yeah. But I, I just want to re rebut your point that, you know, you're never tutoring for a Jeweled Lotus, whereas you're tutoring I'm for Mana Crypt. I'm like, saying I, you're there tutoring are times for in decks far where less frequency. If you're in the five-color, five-cost commander, where the actual, yeah, just you would tutor for this Far over less frequently a than a Mana Crypt. Yeah. In most, in like, the aggregate of all times, you're tutoring for something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. are there, I was just sort of thinking about this, are there any... Um, commanders where you'd be wasting the mana, but you would still run this. I think you still run it in. Uh, I think people have been saying for 
Yeah, no, I think yeah. I was discussing this. I think you run this in Zer. I don't. I was kind of iffy on whether or not I think, I people, think you'd run it in Kess. I don't think you like, do. It was like you. No, I, no, this no, is, no, you yeah, don't. I was like, no way. I could maybe see a case for it, but I don't think so. But you people would probably want run this to on Zer. Yeah. Play it in Riel, I think, which like seems okay. Um, like leveraging. Yeah, leveraging turn, Riel I like that. Turn one Riel, like, Riel is definitely nice. Yeah. Especially when you're, if you're doing like yeah, yeah. cycling stuff, like yeah, you're you're getting your yeah. plus ones online very quickly. Guys, but yeah, seems worth another way. Think about it. You waste mana if you're casting cast. You don't waste the mana if you're yeah, casting Anala. Fucking god damn it! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think like um, uh, potentially Atla, Kalia. If you count Kalia as a real deck, um, turn one, turn one Timna in like some farm lists is like fine eh, yeah it's that, kind of that, i was like people were talking about this with timna and i was like oh man like the problem is that I, turn I, one timna is not even better than just like playing creatures into yeah, a turn two timna that's fair really. it's a bit of a meme but you know the best four color decks are also i mean I, i'm assuming i'm assuming you were right? willing to waste <laughs> the mana on kickar uh yeah, yeah but only because probably. it's especially because yeah. it's a zero yeah. mana ritual because it's actually like it's yeah. four is like a lot higher yeah um in terms of i was looking at like my initial reaction gut reaction was like no i'm not going to put this in ton of timna um because of the point morgan was saying it's like you know the turn turn one timna but then i was thinking about like is turn what about turn one tana and like getting yeah. the tokens yeah. and stuff online is that is that turn one Tana into turn three Timna after hitting with Tana? That's pretty hot. <laughs> like, it, it is genuinely. I, I wasn't, it's... Like, yeah, if you go Tana, next turn play like a Hate Bear and swing, next turn play Timna. Yeah, yeah I, I'd, I'd need to, to think about it some more, but yeah, potentially. Um, but obviously, yeah, four color tends to do things a bit less swingy most of the time. Try and be like... Well, it, can afford, it can afford to be less swingy. Tana. Yeah, um, but yeah. Crown? In terms of jeweled lotus, do, do you guys have anything else to say before about it with competitive? Because I wanted to discuss some things that, um, in terms of Morgan saying you know unhealthy for casual. Like I, I've got a bit more um, refined take that I want to kind of counterpoint. Put out there. We already yeah. have a two and a half hour podcast. It's it's a quick point. It's just yeah. Point. I I I won't be rebuttaling your point likely. Um. So then, if there's nothing else to say about competitive, then, uh. So in terms of Jeweled Lotus, I think that there was a uh, discussion between, or that Gavin, I think Verhe posted, and then I think someone else who was a competitive player or something um, on Magic Twitter posted about like um, uh, Dark Ritual being a, you know, it's like Jeweled Lotus is not so overpowered in, in EDH because, you know, there's things like Dark Ritual that have a similar tier effect that people don't run already. And yes, I think that point is valid in some respects i don't think this jeweled lotus is a terrible card at throughout everything below cdh um so i think at the lowest levels of like um let's say mid power and casual i think jeweled lotus is probably comparable to a uh um a dark ritual or something where you can you know, get those swinging games where you're powering things out. But if you're not going to be closing the game or doing something massive, uh, things tend to across a 15 turn game, the lack of, of cards or something can definitely, uh, you know, become, become 
it's not it's not the best thing and, and having a, a dead top deck like that is not great so i think you know it, it can still be strong and casual but i don't think it's like you know devastating to casual like it is to mm. uh what i would say is high power i think high power um which is like the lower tiers of cdh and you know where things get fringe and you know people are looking at these decks i think jeweled lotus is the most um cancerous for that tier where things are very commander centric and you know more value engine and, and things like that and the swing of jeweled lotus is just you know absolutely absolutely devastating yeah. also i guess okay, this is I, I did promise you i wouldn't make a point but i'm gonna make a very quick one um one thing about um kind of mid to low power besides the fact that jeweled lotus costs 150 dollars is that you often in those types of scenarios cast your commander a finite amount of time because the commander tax gets to the point where you can't afford it and this is a great late game pull if you're in the situation where you have to cast your commander true yeah this plus a two mana ramp spell is a turn three angry omnath so uh there's mid power forever <laughs> <laughs> green already ruins mid power yeah. <laughs> green ruins yeah green already ruins mid power <laughs> doesn't need jeweled lotus to do that um okay well that about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, if you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at IntoNorthPod, via our email, IntoNorthPodcast at gmail.com, or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. Next, special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us towards working, allow us towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a Patreon, we are at patreon.com slash IntoNorthPodcast. Another way you can support us is via our TCG Player affiliate link. So anytime you want to purchase something from TCG Player, if you use our affiliate link, uh, which is in the description of the podcast or our YouTube description, uh, a portion of your purchase goes towards supporting the podcast. So that is much appreciated. Uh, thank you as always to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our long-suffering podcast editor, Roadkill. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. Peace. Bye. Have a good one.